Okay, this is the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. I am your host, B-Magic. I got my boy, Noise, with me. And this week, very special guest, we have Scotty IV, MC, songwriter himself. This episode is super dope. We've known Scotty for many years, and we talk about his early years growing up playing soccer with you, Magic. Yes, sir. We were teammates once upon a time. We also talk about how we transitioned from athletics into music. Yep, yep. He goes into depths of the the scene growing up in Brampton, and then later we get into the downtown music scene and what it's becoming right now. Yeah, Toronto's kind of like the center of the music world right now, and Scotty is an unsung hero of the scene, as not only just as an artist and a performer, but also as an organizer and a promoter. So we talk a little bit about how how he's seen the scene himself, being hands-on right on the ground. We also get into his goon days of living in a trap house. Yo, that was wild, man. Live a trap house in Hamilton, too. (laughs) That ain't no joke. No joke. Uh, Without further ado, episode six, Scotty IV. Follow him at Scotty4Eyes on Instagram. We'll have everything in the description. Let's go. Okay, welcome to the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. I am your host, B-Magic. I got my boy, Noise, with me. Yes, yes. And today we got a very special guest, Brampton's own, yo, we a man of many names. I'll let you introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got your boy, Scotty IV. Scotty IV. For, formerly known as a Scott Free. Okay, formerly known as what else? Formerly known as Spooks. What else? Formerly known and maybe future known as Kojo. Okay. Never know, never know. I guess we're going to have to touch on that. The, the turn up God. The, the, the turn up God. Yeah, and spell Jeez. it right. T- number two. We're you are a million gunshots edited behind <laughs> this as well. Yeah. Uh, yo, thank you guys for having me, man. I'm, yo, I'm yo, here, it, man. I'm, we are blessed to have you in our presence as. We've lived through all these names, so you know it's it's, it's great to see uh, you coming to the form of Scotty IV right now, and, yeah, right. and like your charmeleon form. The man, yo, he, he's progressing smoothly right now. And man, have evolved two times, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yo, the Brampton man only knows how to evolve. Yo, if there's one thing to be said on today's podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, first thing. Um, so you mentioned you were you mentioned this off air, but you mentioned you were camping recently. Okay, mm. this is, uh, this is the camp god is mm-hmm. that a name we forgot? It, mm-hmm. It's funny too because when I talk to a lot of uh, like friends, coworkers, people of color, when they go camping, they're like, "Yo, I don't know if I want to go to these camp areas because there's all these like you're away from civilization. And you don't really see a whole lot of <laughs> people of color in those." Yeah, areas. I was the only. Only colored person in the whole <laughs> campground. Where'd we you go? To, uh, we were supposed to go to Kill Bear, but I mean, I went with <laughs> I went with a group of other colored people, uh, so we we happened to be a little bit late okay, on res- yeah, making as, our reservation. So uh, we found out that Kill Bear was booked up, and um, there's a there's another provincial park like just a little bit north of Kill Bear called uh sturgeon bay sturgeon lake okay yeah so that's so where went we deep. went to yeah we went hella deep like <laughs> way deep but i don't think there's been any black people like north of like perry sound i only know where these places are now uh. because of the drive but like but that far north and like who knows how long since where whenever we got here but um but nah man it's 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 actually super dope it's the second time i've been camping yeah um 
And yeah, like when I tell people, like my 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 girl was just telling me, like she was telling her coworker, yeah, that I went camping, and her coworker is like, "You sure you went camping? <laughs> like, bad people don't go camping. Like, where where did you really go?" Yeah. She's she's telling me this, but looking at me, like kind of asking at the same time, like, yeah, "Did yeah. you really go camping?" But um, but yeah, man, that's jokes. I actually grew up like going camping wow. but that's like yo because in norway it's like very outdoorsy country right so it's yeah, like yeah yeah my pops adopted that while he was there right but like for me it was like i've i always went camping as a kid but now to like get any of my homeboys to go it's like mission impossible yeah right yeah, for me yeah, it's like i'm yeah. used to it but it's like for my boys, like, yeah, you, like, should we book a hotel and then, like, just chill outside afterwards? Like, <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah. I ain't sleeping outside. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not even like that. For me, I'm used to it, but I can understand how, like, yo, I don't, how was it for you, Yeah, it, like, it, it's it's dope Um, for a lot of different reasons. Like, the, I went as, like, a tradition or, like, a new starting tradition yeah. that me and, like, a lot of the old, like, vintage homies from yeah, Brampton yeah. Are, are starting or have started just for us to kind of like especially now more than before like you're busy with like your full-time job or whatever other shit it is you do your wife or like your kids or whatever yeah. i'm obviously aging myself that the shit i'm talking about but like, <laughs> um you sometimes you need that that like time away from everything like you need to unplug and just like reconnect yeah reconnect with your homies like for real for, for sure. real yeah. so like we sat and we had conversation there's a fire ban right now so oh, oh yeah yeah because yeah, 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 all yeah. the forest fires that yeah, have been going yeah, on you, you can't have a campfire anymore Jeez. that's First, half the experience right there which is half of it which kind of <laughs> which sucked but even that like it added on to it so now yeah, we got to yeah. figure out how to still make it dope without like i'm sure the, the turn of god overcame oh this oh bro easily. oh bro, oh, bro. There, there was a camp there was a fire dude. there was a fire there it wasn't was a campfire fire. there was a fire That's- but we we had conversations and we you know we we got to to see what everybody's up to like genuinely no distractions no instagram no yeah. notifications like how are you doing what's your how are you feeling like how have you been the last couple of years we haven't yeah. really sat down and just talked about each other you know what that, i mean that is the dope aspect of it is that you know like yo you're away from all this craziness that consumes our life nowadays which is the social medias your phone your laptop your that that's pretty much in our daily lives now so yeah to be able to even go reconnect with old friends that you may not spend that time with that's the perfect setting to do it which is dope mm-hmm. um for those people who do not know because for us we're easily just going to ramble on in a conversation for 2 hours right for those people that who do not know Scotty IV or any of the names that you mentioned before we want to kind of get into your story like who is the man behind Scotty <laughs> IV? First of all, let's start off with what's your background? Uh so I'm a I'm a a, a Ghanaian Canadian. Okay. So Ghana people people sometimes get it twisted depending if they're Canadian they usually know it cuz they course. are they've already been around so many people from Ghana but um a lot of people confuse it with Guyana. Yeah, yeah. So not not Guyana, not the West Indies, but Ghana, West Africa. So just west of Nigeria. Mm. Um for all you dumb motherfuckers who don't pay attention in geography. I I, I, I have to refrain from backhanding with you, you know? 
when they win that one line too you're like west african pride motherfuckers are loving it exactly yeah for real for real for real area man and and um this is before the rise of like afro beats and like all of that um music that's popping now like dance hall used to be back in the day Mm -hmm. um ghana and nigeria like the two countries like at the forefront of that so that's where that's where my parents are from yeah um yeah both of them from ghana uh, and what what is that immigrant story like? Like, what was your pops and your mom uh, the first people that came over here to Canada? Yeah, so they were they were probably the first like in our blood relation. Like, you guys already know how it is. So, like, we'll have cousins yeah. that are not necessarily blood, but they're family friends, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kids. Same thing, mm-hmm. yeah. So we have a, I have a whole bunch of like aunts and uncles that were here but not necessarily blood yeah yeah. so from like my two pair my parents two families they were the the first like batch my dad had his older brother here as well yeah or he sponsored him to come here yeah like a little bit after Mm -hmm. so we're talking like i don't know early to like mid 70s yeah ish okay they all kind of came and yeah they were they were the first ones and they came here you know knowing hey this is a country of quote-unquote free country yeah there's business opportunity um more important than anything else your kids will be able to you know go to university they'll have a lot of opportunities free health care this that the third um no corruption issues with the politics you know that's what a lot of people tend to forget a lot of immigrants are not coming here to steal your fucking job. Like they're not no fucking evil ass person who's just like, I can't wait to fuck up all these Canadians. Like, no, they, a lot of times are escaping something, whether it's poverty, whether it's corrupt governments, whether Mm -hmm. it's a a whole lot of shit, right? Everybody has their story, but that's the thing that people don't like to see. At least the people who look at immigration in a negative way, but For your family, did they did they settle in the great where in the greater Toronto area did they move first? If that's the story, so when they came, they came to Scarborough first. Um, With me, it's a little bit different because I'm. So they came like mid seventies, and I have two older blood sisters, right? Okay. So when they came, they had my sisters right away. Yeah. Um, so this is like late 70s. So yeah, my, yeah. my older sisters are like nine and 10 years older than me. Okay. So I think my mom had me when she was like 38. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I'm, so a, I'm a late baby. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. Too. So yeah, so you you know you know yeah, exactly yeah. like I'm I'm like way younger, like way different life than like than like when they first came. So like when they first came, they had my sisters. And they were the a bit more established by the time you came around. Exactly. Everything yeah, yeah. was kind of, there was a platform. Everything yeah, yeah. was, was kind of uh, like set up. But um, when my sisters came around, so they came to Scarborough first. Yeah. Um, Victoria Park and Finch. Okay. Um, Shout out the black. People, 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 people <laughs> know that area is uh, Chester Lee or CLE. CLE, and not CLE. Cleveland. Okay. Um, so, you know, my sisters, when that, when, um, uh, what are, what are they called? Two, two and pangs. When that song comes <laughs> on, my, one of my older sisters, like she wows out like okay. crazy. Um, but yeah, so Scarborough first. Yeah. And, um, my, my dad had already graduated post-secondary, um, school by the time he came. Okay. So he came as an engineer. Dope. Um, and he found a job luckily with a company, um, 
that was inventing like new products so we kind of took on like the marketing side of things and in the meantime he had his own like side hustle just trying to like find new products like that were developing or being developed by inventors in the states and then marketing them to like canadian media um so he was kind of like a middleman so that was that was what he was doing so he was he was hustling like he He was was just figuring out a way to get it just trying to get it however he could you know what i mean that's kind of one of those stories as well it's like a lot of immigrants come here with very honorable degrees, but they may not necessarily get a job in that field right away because yeah. the Western world doesn't look at their degrees as strong as here, which makes no sense because a lot of education overseas is far greater than education yeah, here. Yeah, the quality is, is like, way better. It's I know I have like like Indian cousins who like are fresh here and they're like, yo, school is easy here. Right. Like, you know, compared to back right. home, if you don't got your shit together, like, right. It's like, it, they, they come here. It's like, they're, they at home. It's like, they're playing on difficult. They yeah. come here, they're playing on <laughs> easy. easy like, what the, they got 99 ratings. Like this, this, is, this shit is way too easy. Um, but yeah, so I guess he, he was, he came here and he started playing on easy. He was yeah. like, yo, I'm smarter than a lot of these. Like, yeah, let me get it. Whatever you know what I'm saying? Let me get it. However I can. So thankfully, like he was able to, help build the platform a solid foundation for my sisters to grow up um which leads me into which is what a, not a lot of people know if yeah. you if you have heard a lot of my music or like a lot of our music even yeah. you'll know a big part of my story is where the name spooks comes from yeah yeah um my dad's name was samuel poku yeah um so spooks is actually an acronym it's samuel poku out of kojo soul my name is kojo yeah Samuel Poku out of Kojo Soul in memory of my dad because he passed. Yeah. When I was, I don't know how old I was. I, it was before my first birthday. That's crazy. So, yeah. So I got my two older sisters. At the time I'm born, they're 11 and 10, I believe. And then I'm born. Yeah. And then before my first day, my dad, my first birthday, my dad passes. So there's a lot of like, I guess sadness and depression in the family at this time. So I'm yeah. kind of born into like, born into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm born into like a, a giant void missing. But then at the same time, I I came and like I've never had this conversation with yeah. my mom because like I feel like like we've both tiptoed around it. But sometimes it's it's too hard to oh, bring those emotions of back. It's pulling at your heartstrings, right? Right. And like as jokes as the conversation could potentially be, like mm. I don't know if I was planned. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no, ten yeah. years, ten years after my sister, really, like thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah. Like you, where you? I don't know, man. That's but one thing I always used to say. I'm yeah. like, I'm pretty sure I don't know yeah, if I was nah, supposed to be nah, around. No, nah, I don't. I don't think you planned. Maybe I planned. It. I planned. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, yeah. If it was nah. planned, I planned it. You yeah, know. Yeah. So I was like, I'm coming. You know what I mean? But who knew why? Yeah, yeah. Samuel, my dad, biological dad, ended up passing. Um. But thankfully, a few years later, my mom ended up, you know, getting together with my stepdad, okay. who I, I call my dad still to this day because he came into the family. He was that father figure. He raised yeah. me. He had two sons that are around my sister's age, so yeah. also 10 years older than me, but they were older brothers to me. So I, I always say to people I meet, I have two older brothers, two older sisters, four older siblings, yeah, yeah. and I was the, the baby, you know what I mean, which led to me being spoiled like crazy <laughs> because like that's a gang of hand-me-downs, like 10 years oh, old, two yeah. brothers. They are, they're on the swag Trust 10 me. years before I'm on the swag. I don't even think I got my own clothes to like 15, 16, <laughs> like, you know, straight up. I just got hand-me-downs my whole life. 
Yeah. How, how old were you when your stepfather came in the picture? You know what? I couldn't. If if I would say bef- maybe four, probably four years old, because the only reason I remember is because he was definitely in the picture before we moved to Brampton. Yeah. And we moved to Brampton, I think, the last year that I would have been in kindergarten before grade one. So I know I was five or six. Yeah. When we came, so he would have, I would have been four or like even three when he came into the picture. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like I've, I've always had that. Yeah, your earliest figure. memories are with your stepdad being yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So, yeah, so it was kind of, I guess, you know, you never really had a period where you were old enough to, I guess, to, to, to ha- experience what it was like to, to have that, that emotion of, of missing him and, you know, having a new father come in. Because yeah. Like, it, it's different when you're, when you're older and you experience it, but it seems like because it happened when you were so young and then when your stepfather came in, you were still very young. Like you never really had that period of time where you were kind of in between. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I've never felt like I didn't have a father figure, you know, to kind of guide me and shape me as a man. I never felt like that. I feel like if anything, my struggle was a little bit different only because my sisters had already grown to love my biological dad so much Mm. that the new dad that came into the picture they had a different relationship yeah, with yeah. Him. it was a different energy for them different energy he had a different personality they had grown for them it's like who is this imposter yeah, you know what i mean they have fond memories with your father exactly right? and they're so young they don't really understand that my mom needs that that void to be filled you know yeah, somebody needs to course, fill that void in the course. family so growing up there was always like a little bit of a conflict because for me it would be like Hey dad, hey dad, hey dad, hey dad, and I had my sisters would always look at me weird, like who are you calling dad, like yeah. you know. But that's who that's who I had those feelings for. Yeah, you know you what I mean? You don't at that age in life, you're yeah. not gonna be have some type of animosity towards them because that's all right. you know, right? And you didn't have no recollection of what your father was like, yeah. right? Yep. And it's it's you're right it's totally you're gonna have totally different energies right yeah, and and even them at that age like they're so you gotta think about it they're like now 12 13 14 they're at that age where they're just learning how to be rebellious yeah. and learning how to be themselves so even there my sisters are not even thinking like you're you're confusing like oh, your yeah. little brother by 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 questioning him like Yo, why are you calling him dad i don't know you know what i mean yeah so but Thankfully, like like you're saying, I never I never had that that void that a lot of people talk mm-hmm. about. It's like I didn't have a father. You know what I mean? I always felt like I had a male figure, a strong male figure yeah. that I could look up to. That's dope. Yeah. Um, like so you say you moved to Brampton at the age of five, right? So like yeah, you start I like I don't know. For me, I remember like certain things from like age three to five like i'd like to (laughs) think some things might just be because i've heard stories and i like to think that i still remember it yeah but like um like what are your first recollection like do you remember moving to brampton or is it like yo yeah what are your earliest memories as a kid i feel like i remember like i even remember some of the scarborough memories but i don't know if it's me making them up in my head or if they're actually there i feel like they're real yeah you feel like you see it um i used to go to a daycare that was so scarborough at the time it's like mainly like asian so like the chinese population there is like hectic and my mom and my sisters always tell me like you were speaking like when you went to daycare you were speaking 
Cantonese and Mandarin <laughs> fluent, bro. No. And now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if we kept you there, yeah. you were speaking Cantonese and Mandarin better than you were speaking English. Was, oh, and I, I, I can almost yeah. feel it. Like, sometimes yeah. when I hear it, I can feel it like, I can feel like, I understand what you're saying, but it's weird. Yeah, it's mm. deep in your consciousness. Yeah. So, but, so I remember that, but I remember, I do remember coming into the new house in Brampton um north park and dixie for anybody who knows, who knows Brampton and section shit all day section. um but yeah i remember coming to the, the new house and just just the feeling of everybody like reacting to being in the new house and i remember feeling like my sisters didn't like being somewhere different because yeah. remember like i said they're just getting rebellious they're 14 15 16 and they're getting moved now. Yeah, yeah. That's like the worst. From the hood to like to Brampton. Move. Like yeah. they all they know about Brampton, right? So far is just that like it's the suburbs, like burbs of the burbs yeah. at this time, you know? So yeah, like yeah. they're not happy. But like for me, it's like, okay, well, whatever. I'm here. And Brampton at that time is not the booming city no. that it is no, now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly. Bef- north of Bovere, there's definitely weeds and, and Yeah, like, that wasn't there. shit at that point. Yeah, nothing there. So but yeah, I, I remember that and then like maybe like a year of like nothing i don't really have any memories because like nothing groundbreaking happened different for me other than just being at daycare and i remember my daycare was at the blockbuster plaza right at north park and dixie right there okay blockbuster (laughs) 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 Um, yo these kids will never know no man man, blockbuster on a friday night are Are you but that was um, like the main thing that's popping yo so yeah you first start going to school in brampton what was the diversity that you remember first in like public school i remember like just like i i, I don't know like like daycare i remember like one or two like white kids yeah and like that's it but then like grade one is when i really remember like everything like my boy who was at the camping trip that I just went, my yeah. boy Andrew, I met him on the first day of um, grade one, grade six. And I remember, like, the kids used to line up outside the building. Yeah, yeah. The teacher comes, yeah, takes yeah. attendance, Yo, and then everyone goes inside. Yeah, bro. Fuck. So, like, but I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what it was. But, like, this is the first time in my life I feel like I was, like, my own person. You know what I mean? Separate from family. Yeah. And I just remember there was a kid in front of me. And he has a Power Rangers backpack. And I'm a huge Power Rangers fan yeah, at this yeah. time. Shout out Power Rangers. Shout out Power Rangers. <laughs> so that backpack is the backpack I have on. No. The same oh, backpack. So God. like, I'm like, bro, <laughs> I don't know what words I use, but right now in my head is I'm like, yo, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How you going to do me like that? I'm like, bro. And I'm, and he's like, he looks around and he looks at me and he's like, look at me like, well, what's up, right? And I'm like, yo, I don't know why I said it this way. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm like, yo, right here, like turn around, right? <laughs> <laughs> this kid does like a full 360. Like he doesn't actually turn like half. He just does a full 360 and then he's facing away from me again. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, nah, nah. But like, you're, you're on your back, bro. Yeah. And then I turn around at the same time, and he looks, and he sees mine. And then I'm like, yo, we got the same backpack, bro. Yeah. And honestly, it's hilarious because now thinking back to it, there must have been like seven or eight other kids with, with the, the same, same backpack at the same time. But I only saw him, you know? Yo, that shit um, was on sale for sure. Yeah, it was definitely then. on sale. Definitely <laughs> on sale. But, um, but yeah, man, he realized we had the same backpack and like we clicked and we've been friends ever since. That's dope. Yeah, man. man we've been friends ever since. And like we were the first two of, of like the group of friends that like came together 
to be friends this whole time. So like I met a couple of them in like grade two, yeah. couple grade three, couple grade four, couple grade five, and like that core group, we were all still tight. Every single person mm-hmm. that was in that circle was all still tight. And like diversity wise, so like- we got me. Andrew was the white kid. Yeah. Um, my boy Farhan, Pakistani. Yeah. My boy Amrit, half Guyanese, half uh, Punjabi. Okay. Um, we got Musa, Guyanese. My boy Amr, Sikh, Punjabi. Ajit, Punjabi, he's Sikh as well. Yeah. And then um, Jason is Jamaican. Yeah. Jibril from Ghana, but parents born in nigeria you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. so like this this squad yo, is people's, like from people's minds are blowing like those who aren't from like yo in in if you grew up in brampton this is a normal fucking great yeah like hella normal to yeah. us right when i say this to people anywhere else in the world they're like what the fuck like yeah. like we grow up with such a sense of knowing the world just based off yeah. who the fuck we're playing on the playground yeah I've, I've known i've known about a lot of things about every other culture since third grade. Like, exactly. Like on, you, you, on like learn, expert level, you learn a you know? swear word in every fucking language Facts. right off the bat. Facts. I think that's like one of the big privileges of kind of growing up in these areas, whether it's Scarborough, Brampton, Mississauga, Malton. Like you learn that. You learn about people. You learn about cultures and values. Yep. Um, so like growing up with this, you know, this, you know, really diverse group, like what kind of stuff were you guys into in during those uh, elementary years? So at that time, obviously, it's like the same stuff as like every other kid. So like just like Pogs, we were playing around with Pogs. Um, Yo, shout out Pogs, Pogs, man. yeah, man. Yo, I used to jack so many Pogs. I used school. to steal me some <laughs> Pogs, man. <laughs> Um, I had a slammer, a metal golden slammer. Oh, slammers were hot commodities. Shit out of people, bro. <laughs> um, so, pogs, uh, crazy bones. Obviously, that escalated into like Pokemon and having a Game Boy Color, and that's like when I realized I had the potential to be like a little bit of an edgier kid than like my family thought, because there was this one kid. Um, I'm snitching on myself right now. <laughs> There's this one kid, Sonny. What do we call him? Sonny P. He had Game Boy Color. He had a Pokemon. Um, I don't remember which one it was, but I just remember I wanted it so bad. I wanted it so bad. I stole this kid's Game Boy oh, out of his backpack, okay. bro. I remember, like, I tracked him one day to find out where his bag was, and then, like, I went in and, like, I took it, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I got it, bro. And I showed all the homies. That's that where I made a mistake. Like, you can't floss after you hit a lick, uh, right? But you got to learn know, that. You got to learn like that. The, yeah, I showed everybody outside my circle. The like, up tape from Menace to Society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't do it, bro. Can't I, uh, do it. I, showed, I showed everybody, like, in the class that I was in, like, yo, I got it, I got it. And, you know, somebody... Somebody, you know, was in the interrogation <laughs> room and they flipped on me, bro. <laughs> Yo, everybody snitches in fucking grade school. Everybody, everybody snitches. Everybody snitches. I'm hoping it wasn't one of the close homies. Um, but yeah, man. So I don't remember where that story started. But <laughs> um, but yeah, that's 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 what we were into. So we were obviously playing soccer, playing kickball or whatever you call it, um, you know. Yo, fun fact, me and Kojo played on the same soccer team Woo! at the same time at one point. What, what so this is this is grade here? seven, yeah. I think. Yo, yeah. and uh, Eric from Stay Out Eric, Late as Eric, well on the Erks. same squad. Yeah, for yeah. everybody that doesn't know, me, Erks, 
and B Magic played on the same soccer team. Wow. Yeah. Age of Legends. I, was, I was trying to find the fucking picture because I had it upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know where the fuck I How'd put it. <laughs> uh, yo, we used to rip it. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were a good team. Honestly, I wasn't the best soccer player. <laughs> like, I used to just play defense and shit like that. Um, man, man, still held it. Yeah, down. I, I still held it down, like yeah. physically, like athletically, like I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm West African, so I can run, <laughs> yeah. bro. I'm, you I can run, be good. and I'm like. strong. <laughs> but like, you gotta remember, I'm, I'm like, even like before puberty, like I'm a shorter kid, right? Like yeah. I'm a smaller kid, so like most of the other kids were like a lot bigger than me, and I guess at that time a lot more confident than I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, puberty sorted shit out a little bit more. Like I, I got a little bit taller than, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I, I. I realize my true power you know but uh <laughs> but yeah no our team our team was dope though i remember eric's used to play goaltender goalie yeah yeah magic was sick i remember magic being <laughs> sick and i was like yo how's he so sick like he always Bruh. felt like he'd been doing this like for years like he was Dog, a professional man, like I, I used to eat food yeah back i remember you were you were like a professional <laughs> i just i just i just i remember looking at you i feel like you had the um you had the you had either the mohawk or like the full hawk or something yeah. back then. I don't know if you even did. No, man, thought he was David Beckham back in them days. Right? <laughs> I could picture you like as a grade seven with like a sleeve tattoo and like mohawk. But yeah, no, we we definitely slapped other teams. We we did good. We did good. What kind of music were you listening to growing up? Um, so this is like all over the place because my. <clears throat> Like a lot of other people, my 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 dad's record collection was crazy. So like, almost anything you could imagine. So obviously, like the the staples, like sure. Michael Jackson, um, and like the OJ's, the BGS, and then like like almost every like classic, like Isaac Hayes, Bill Withers, yeah. like all the all the classics so were definitely music. all the soul music was yeah. definitely in his collection. And then, like, just, like, I would, always in the car, my parents were listening to CHFI, right? Mm. CHFI, for anyone who doesn't know, F FM 98 plays, like, they have the old school time where they play all the old school stuff. So they're playing soul music and stuff like that, too. But then they're yeah. also playing, like, adult contemporary and, like, pop rock and all of that type of stuff, right? Yeah. Where I felt like most kids... They didn't want to hear that stuff. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Every almost every song I heard, I liked. Or I found something in it that I liked. And mind you, at the same time, my mom is a is a is a church a church woman, right? Mm. She's she's she she's strong in her belief in God, which is was instilled in us young. Yeah. But was um, she was she in choir at all? she was in choir yeah so by nature i was in choir okay um and i liked to be in choir right right before i was in choir whenever we would sing the hymns in church i would always sing counter melodies to the hymns because oh, okay. i would sing them so much that i would get tired of them so then i would start singing the counter melody instead yeah. of and i didn't know at this time what i'm doing like i had no idea but it was just fun for me because I heard when the choir sings it, there's always a couple of people that are not singing it the way that everyone else sings it. Yeah, yeah. I learned the counter melodies, you know what I wow. mean? And I think that's where I got like my sense of like melody. That's where it kind of imprinted in my brain, right? So like, and again, at this time, I'm not realizing what's happening. But I literally did listen to, to everything. I had no discrimination. But a main thing was that my sisters used to listen. This is, they were heavily... Um, 
reggae dancehall like yeah. influence coming from Scarborough. So all their yeah, friends right. are Jamaicans. So they're all listening to like um who was who was to Bounty Killer. Mm-hmm. Like Capleton, those those like that that era of like those yeah. reggae artists, right? So um Mr. Vegas like before, like this is even like way 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 before like those kind of artists so that's what i was hearing a lot at home from them and knowing to be cool at that time so like i'm learning swear words from my friends i'm learning swear words from the the music that my sisters listen to and their friends because they're so much older right so like i'm learning how to be a toronto man like (laughs) without knowing (laughs) it when i'm 12 (laughs) but i'm also becoming very cultured and then I've also, I've always been very studious as well. So, like, I'm learning how to read and I'm learning English from English class and drama. And I've always been a good student just because I really like learning. Um, so, I'm learning that side of things. So, like, I think, like, at this point in my life, after, like, like elementary school going into middle school, I'm re- becoming a really diverse-ass person, like, and just realizing that I like like so many different things and like mm. i can blend into so many different social groups yeah. and like just yeah i'm i'm, I'm like a, like a melting pot of yeah. shit you know what i mean did uh, did your parents ever like push like west african music or was that ever in the household that growing too. up that too that too so the record like i forgot to mention like the records that my dad had those were yeah. they were always so we had um there's like a genre called high life Okay, drop that, some artist names uh, too. Life. I want to know Daddy, about Daddy, this shit. If you if you know High Life, Daddy Lumba, okay, is like the main guy. Like Daddy Lumba, he's or, like or, the 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 rock star. Yeah, yeah, he's that guy. KK from that era. Yeah, KK KK Fosu is another guy. Okay, that a lot of people will remember. Yeah, but um, yeah, that was before like hip life. So hip life was when High Life got more infused with hip hop. Okay. Hip life turned into what we now listen to as Afrobeats. Okay. So and when like, did the, when did this change happen? Um, I would say it was all about like high life until maybe I was like halfway through high school. Okay. And I think I went to Ghana in 2012, and that's when like hip life was like popping on, really becoming a thing. Um, there's an artist named uh, Sakodier. Okay. He's like the twister. Uh, of like Ghana, okay, like, yeah, but he was like one of the first guy to really take a part of flow and like rap, like yeah, rap yeah. on like a, an African. So they were they style. were starting to take hip hop flows and go on yeah, Afro beats. Yeah, kinda. they had their own rap music basically. Okay. You know what I mean? But it still had the African flavor of yeah, from, yeah. From same hip. Same shit right? happens in Punjabi music too, right? Exactly. How, once hip hop became a thing globally, every kind of place in the world adapted it into whatever everyone had their genre yeah. that was the hip-hop yeah. version of yeah. the that's old dope. stuff from before then exactly yeah, that's dope yeah um so yeah i'm listening to like a lot of a lot of hip life in like 2012 ish yeah um and i started so i guess this is this is going to lead into where I, I i got into music i guess so through middle school um i guess yeah just still you know just finding myself i i started listening to like what my brothers used to listen to yeah um because i started spending more time with my brothers so my stepdad's sons right because remember i had the two older sisters mm-hmm. now my stepdad's sons they're getting into hip-hop culture real deep yeah. so like now i'm getting exposed to like hip-hop hip-hop culture so like wu-tang so um and then like fast forward to like jay-z nas yeah 
mm-hmm. and then like other stuff like from around that period but grade seven grade eight is where i would say i got the most influence because my older brothers they had this thing they were doing called onslaught they were like making mixtapes so dj onslaught would put together like the hottest joints the hottest singles that were about to come out on albums onto a mixtape and they were actually like giving these to like record stores to sell on consignment and i they would give them to me for free obviously Mm -hmm. but I I think my brother, my oldest brother, used to get them from like blog sites because he was always a tech, like very tech nerdish, yeah, yeah. businessman and a tech nerd. So he was onto the blog wave before the blog wave even became a thing. So he would find out what joints were popping before anybody else would find out. Yeah. So they put them on these onslaught DJ mixtapes, and I would get them and I would show them to people. So like. The illest Mob Deep joint, the illest like D Block joint, the Ill- like all these street records that are about yeah. to pop. And for, I'm you hearing ki- them. for you kids who don't understand this, <laughs> yo, music wasn't as accessible yeah. as it is now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't find shit. You're not <laughs> yeah. finding shit. It's like who you could literally be a guy who's like, yo, have you heard this fucking freestyle? Like nobody yep. had access to it, and that could be a thing. Like that's you you could hear something from somebody and you would have never heard that unless that person fucking played it at that time 100 percent. um so yeah i'm I'm hearing these these mixtapes and this is also at the time when like eminem so i think i was in grade six or grade seven when eminem started popping off and that's like my first like the first time I ever called into a radio station to say I want to hear this song was actually Eminem. Like my name is, okay. I heard the, yeah, I heard the D12 snippet tape before that, and I was a big fan, like huge fan. So I'm listening to like MJ and Nas like at this time. Yeah. So now I'm getting the mu- the, the mixtapes with all the street shit, like that nobody has heard before, and I'm yeah. showing it to people, and they're like, "Yo, these mixtapes are crazy," because mm-hmm. they're hearing them, and then like. Two three months after the, I showed everybody the mixtapes, those singles are coming out. Uh. So they're like, "Yo, you know all the shit." And I think that's where, like, because my brothers used to. Okay, so the older brother was putting together the mixtapes with the younger brother, right? Yeah. The younger brother was a rapper. Mm-hmm. He went by the name of Nate Nabob. Nabob. So, so what they would do is put together the mixtape and have one or two songs that were their own songs. Yeah. So he would rap. So this is this is where I got exposed to the ability to really just create music if you're not like a famous like person yeah. like so where, where, they where had, were they recording? So they were they had a like a, a just a small mic setup mm-hmm. in in the basement of their mom's because so my stepdad's ex wife, mm-hmm. their mom. Okay. They had a setup at her in the basement oh, of right, her right. place. Yeah. So that's where they would record everything and that's where they would do everything. But that's how I got exposed to it because like. I'm getting older now and they're bringing me around more now and like I'm taking hand-me-downs from them now yeah. <laughs> so I gotta make sure I, I get extra cool with them now uh, but like I'm finding out how these mixtapes are getting put together and they're rapping on like one song out of the 12 songs just to big themselves up uh-huh. for fun yeah, yeah, right and like that's that's where I really found out oh all you have to do is download so at the time it was SoundForge they were using okay. Sony SoundForge is download SoundForge or um acid this program yeah, called yeah, acid shout out and you can just you can play a beat and you can record vocals on top of it and like let it go yeah, so the simplest like, form wow, of so audio easy. recording yeah. yeah you can make you can literally make songs if you can find the instrumental you can make a song so i, I learned that that was possible 
in like grade eight ish yeah. but like listening and i, I was memorizing these mixtapes so like i'm memorizing ver- jadakiss verses i'm memorizing like j-hood versus prodigy havoc verses okay so like i'm developing my flow at this point because like i'm learning that street did it did it did it rapid like i'm learning how to how to rap without realizing right yeah so like I think that's where I get my actual rapping ability from is listening to that music at that time. And this is also when I got exposed to Smack DVD. Oh, okay. shout out to Smack. <laughs> Smack! <laughs> um, so I'm watching like illest like New York battle yeah. rappers go at each other for bars and bars and bars. Everybody and bars. rocking triple XL triple in the XLs, <laughs> the friggin' 42 inch 5950 <laughs> yeah. two, two tone hats. Yo, with the do rag. Yeah, 10 dudes wearing a white tee with a white do rag under, underneath. Do rag untied. And you know? Headband, headband with, with the hat the over the headband. Ooh. Like, yo, yeah. your hat had to be three sizes too big. For sure, man. If you can't fit your fist under that, you got a problem. Man. What is you doing, baby? Um, but yeah, so like, I, I'm I'm listening to all that music, and then the first time I ever tried recording, I'm a shy kid. I grew up a very, very, very shy kid. Yeah. So, first time I ever tried recording, didn't happen until grade ten. I'll say grade nine or grade ten. Yeah. Um, I was doing a science project with Ajit, who's one of the original homies. Right? Okay. Um, we had to buy a mic from the dollar store because <laughs> okay. it's a history project yeah, and yeah. we have to record a radio show for this history project. I bought the mic, so I kept the mic. Yeah. I took it home and I'm like, what's that program again? So I downloaded, um, I downloaded Acid and um, at this time, J-Arms instrumentals were. Yeah. Were, if anybody <laughs> knows what that is. I used to jack those all the time. J-Arms mixtapes were where you, all the f- most fire, fire instrumentals. Yeah. They're on there. So. The guy had like a million volumes of those oh, too. So million, could, I, I think there's somewhere online he's still releasing. Yeah. Like J-Arms, yo, shout like, out to yeah. J-Arms. Yo, you <laughs> yeah. launched so many rap yeah, careers. Man. For real. For real. Yeah. You know what? We we all owe J-Arms some royalties. <laughs> uh, everybody, everybody send some money to fucking J-Arms yeah, right now. To, One dollar. We, we need to find J-Arms and send him a, a buck <laughs> each, man. He, need, he, need, he needs to eat for yeah, all you do for, for, for the culture. Who like, knows, for real. Yo, he might be balling yeah. off them fucking yeah, instrumentals. You never know. a lot for the culture. Bro. Yo, definitely, man. I'm just realizing that now, man. Holy Trust me. I haven't heard that name in fucking ages. <laughs> but, like, yo, I, yo, th- those are all my first freestyles were on his fucking ripoff instrumentals. Yep. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> so like uh, what what was it for you like okay you say you finally get your little get up right mm-hmm. dollar store mic what is the first thing you spit and what was it like hearing your voice back did you so like it i had already written random shit just written it and like spit it to myself to yourself like yeah I, yeah which is the only reason i had enough confidence to be like let me try recording myself yeah but the first thing if i remember correctly was on the stomp instrumental okay. young buck i hear yeah, talk yeah. About, about to get that ass stomp that was a hard beat. Hard, <laughs> hard beat. But it just brought, it just made me, it had me writing. Like, yeah. it had me just, at that 16 came together like real fast. And like, yeah, I recorded it. And honestly, it felt natural as hell. Like, I'm not trying to gas myself, but it just felt really natural. And I kind of felt like in my head, like, I already knew how to do this by listening. So I d- did the first layer, did the second layer because 
Man used to do two layers like yeah. for the lead back. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is an ad lib? Yeah, ad lib double. <laughs> yeah, what is this? What is a double, man? Ju- yo, you just wrap it twice, yeah, stack it, it on each yeah, other, and that's it. it. It's a done. But yeah, I did that myself. Added some ad libs. Found a gunshot. Um, <laughs> sound off. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the first sound bite anybody looks up. Threw is, that in. How do I get gunshots on my track? Yep. Threw that in. First thing I did was send it to my my sisters and my brothers, and like they, they were all like. Yo, what the fuck? Uh, like, rip, is that you? Like, that's the main thing. Is because the way that I, I, I've always been is just like very quiet and very shy, reserved up. kid. Yeah. And I got the glasses and yeah. shit. So like, I'm like, I'm looked at as like the nerdy kid, the yeah. quiet nerdy kid, or whatever, by everybody except my friends who really know. Like, for those who know the turn up guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and they're like, "That's you." Yeah. Like, yeah, that's me. I, like. Yeah, and they're like, like, how long did it take you to do that? Like, like, when did you write that? When did you? I'm like, I don't, just now, like, you know. And they're all like, so they were impressed, very impressed, very impressed. And like, I wasn't expecting that reaction to be honest. So what did that feel like? But you, I think, you, you, you did you accomplish something? What did yeah, it feel like to get that first validation? I, I, I think that that was when I like was really like, okay, this is something I gotta yeah. make sure I do because yeah. that's addictive. Like that feeling oh, is like, of course, what? that's what you end up chasing. Yeah, you get, you get, you get props for like a lot of stuff that like maybe you liked to do, maybe you didn't like to do. So like doing, getting good grades, like whatever, that's fine, but it's not cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people will pat you on the, your parents will pat you on the back. <laughs> like, yeah, Ain't that's good, but they don't really, yeah, yeah. and they don't really cares. Yeah. But then that was like the opposite. So like, like everybody, everybody else, else was like, yeah, yeah. that's, that's cool. No, I you know feel what I mean? that. Um, a little side story actually as well. So there's two moments that made me decide to be a rapper. That's the first one. That's the second one. Sorry. Yeah. The first one, cause I've always known I could write like poetry and do like ill rhyming stuff. Cause yeah. I used to do poetry competitions and stuff in middle school. That's dope. Grade six. Um, I ran for secretary treasurer. So there's like the president, there's a vice president, then there's the secretary treasurer of the school. Yeah. Um, I went against this kid. His name was Danny. I'm dope at poetry, but like I could also write the hell out of a speech. Okay. So leading up to it, I'm like, yeah, what should I, you know, what should I say? What should I say? I write the dopest speech I could write, show everybody that speech. And everyone's like, you're going to win. Like if you say that speech, you're, uh-huh. that speech is crazy. Like you're writing beyond your ears. You're going to win. So time comes to say the speeches. I go and I say my speech and I can see the reaction by people. They're like, wow, wow. Like if I knew the concept of like what Obama was like back then in that year, I'd be like, yo, this is how people are going to react to it. Danny comes, he raps. He raps like eight of the most like trash bars like that I've ever heard, but they (laughs) rhyme. And these kids, kids are like 12, 13, 14. So they're all like, ah, he's rapping as a speech, right? I lost. I no, lost. I lost. I had the best speech. Yo, fuck you, Danny. Fuck Danny. Man. <laughs> fuck Danny. But thanks, we coming Danny. for you, Danny. Because, yeah. After that moment, I, 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 that moment, I stored it in my brain, and then after recording Stomp and hearing Stomp, I was like in my head, like, cool. I'm never ever gonna lose anything uh, ever so in my life again. Yo, by, shout out to Danny. By not, actually, by not rapping. Daddy. By not rapping. Yeah. If, if I ever have an opportunity to rap to <laughs> get like, something, I'm rapping. So pretty much, you could have yeah. been Obama, but you're like, fuck that. Exactly. I'm gonna be a rapper. Exactly. Instead. Exactly. So thank you to Danny. Yo, thank I you, gone Danny. Into politics. You know what? Way. No hard feelings. Thank you, Danny. 
Yeah. But fuck you, Danny. Fuck you too, fuck Danny. You, Why'd you have to start on yeah. man's, yo? Like, fuck you, fuck you with love, <laughs> man. <laughs> that's um, dope. but yeah, man, that's that's really where I decided. Yeah, okay, this is something. Now, mind you, the back now that we're back to the immigrant hustle thing, just to yeah. keep it. Um, I kept this for my parents, though. Of oh, course, yeah. of, of course, course, right? Because like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm in that verse. I'm saying some crazy shit. Like, yeah, like, you know, I'm a bust in her eye. Like, <laughs> like that's how hip hop is different, right? So like, <laughs> yo, I said bust yeah, in your eye yeah, quite a lot yeah. in my first raps. Yeah, like they're not even gonna understand <laughs> what I'm saying. But like, <laughs> I never grew out of busting in eyes. Yeah. So like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a constant yeah, in my so. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying it like it's past. It's like it's past me. I don't do that yeah. anymore. This is still in Kojo's yeah. life. I don't. I don't. Easily. I don't bust on anybody. All right. So you recorded your first couple tracks. Yeah. Um, what's the next step from there? So, lightning speed. I in grade ten was in the same French class as President Jeff, the okay. producer. Shout out to Jeff. President Jeff. Yeah what up bruh um and not in the same class but like was friends through like proxy with tremaine yeah um shout out to tremaine as well rivals like we didn't really even fuck with each other (laughs) but uh jeff was super duper into music and we both downloaded free loop same time so we both started making beats same time yeah and my house like my basement was like the spot for recording shit so jeff started as a rapper so he used to rap on all those tracks. I used to rap on those tracks. And then when Tremaine found out that we were recording, he was like, yo, you, yo let's talk. Now. <laughs> yo, man, and, you um, got to get in where you fit in, man. Exactly. And, and we became friends through making music. So my, my, my basement was like the spot. So me, <clears throat> sorry, me, Jeff, Tremaine, and like a couple other dudes. We had a dude, EY, and like a couple others would just make songs in my basement yeah you guys had probably common interests and you know growing up in a hip-hop era and trying to figure out how the fuck we're gonna do it right yep so yeah we literally started by like we we made this this first mixtape called the murder mixtape then um true gangsters okay uh, because me and jeff are both from ghana so true gangsters like G-H-A-N, okay yeah right that's dope I yeah, like that. And then um, Hood Sophistication, because I've always been on this like duality shit. This must have been Jeezy era, for sure. 100%. <laughs> thousand percent. Yo, these titles is yeah. just like Jeezy, yeah. G-Unit era, for sure. Yeah, yep. But uh, we literally, like, I, I used the press that my brothers used to make to do their mixtapes. That's dope. And we copied all of our songs. I pressed them. I put them in a lunchbox, came to school, and we sold them. Like, in North Park Secondary School, and we sold yo, them. That, yo, thing. any man that had... A DVD burner or anything like <laughs> that back in the days, you yeah. were sitting yeah, on you a motherfucking it. gold oh, mine. You had it, you had yo. It. That's it, like that whole thing. Like I, I, I wanted to say that when you were talking about your brother's hustling, I'm like, yo, I remember fucking, you know, how like movies to CDs yep. to cer- certain stuff. It, just they had two towers. Like yeah. that was a gold mine. They yeah. were kicking. There yo, was business. Once minded. those came along, like the the the. Win one where you could put two CDs Woo! at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was over, man. Yeah, man. These guys had they had two towers of I think nine. Yeah, maybe nine. Oh so 18, shit. 18, 
you're doing it on a run. Yeah. So, so you saw this from your brothers and now you're yeah, applying because it because used, you're like, to, you've already seen it. Yeah, I used to do it like on an intern type tip. <laughs> like I used to just be the one to duplicate the mixtapes. Like yeah. I used to yeah, so your the fingers are bleeding. Thing, so flip yeah. the CD, so throw we, it out. That's we did it. our own. We did our own and we, we um, sold out the first day. Like the first lunchbox I brought of like 100 CDs, yeah. all gone. 10 yeah. bucks each. Okay. So like I'm Yo, kicking, like I'm like yeah, I'm then. making more money off music than some mans are on labels now, bro. In grade, in grade eleven, bro. Yeah, tell them why you're mad, son. <clears throat> you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, everybody loved, everybody really liked it, which was cool, man. So, and and that's what kind of showed me that like this is something that's sustainable because not everybody was able to and, do and it at the are, level we were doing. Are we talking high school? This is still high school. Still high school. This is still high school. So like I know like every every rapper has that story of being like one of the illest or the illest in the high school. In the, like, yeah, I was yeah. definitely established at that time. Like if there was a cipher going on, people were gonna run through the hallways to look for me. Okay. To and come, was come there into was the there cipher. a lot of your peers that were doing it in your high school? Me, Tremaine, um, Jeff. Okay, and you guys made your. There squad. were other guys that were just like. They were in the cipher for fun, but they weren't. But they upper, wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't. They were upper echelon. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? They weren't stamped like we were. So yeah, like people used to literally run to their lunchroom to be like, "Yo, come, come, come!" There's a cipher yeah. happening. I used to stand there and I watch, like, like, <laughs> like, like yo, just wait till I drop these. Bugs. Yeah, you know. Um, but like that's that's really the starting of it. And then um, after high school, went to university. Um, you know, and at this time, I'm still not hiding it from my parents. They know about it and they know that my sisters and brothers are saying it's cool. So they're saying like, you know, just like, all right, cool. That's a good pastime. Just make sure it's yeah, back yeah. they're he putting that in my head. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, which, which I, I did, you know what I mean? Because like, whatever, like I'm still young, I'm still impressionable and shit. So, um, go to McMaster university, shout out. What what did you what did you go there psychology, for? Psychology, bro. Psychology. Like, it's the only thing I was interested okay. in. And they're like, yo, once once you get in, like same program, you, you can do something. Like, yo, honestly, yeah. I'm glad that was the program that I that I yeah. went in for. Even though, like, I spoiler alert. Even though I didn't finish, but like, I'm glad that I went. I took psychology because I was interested like the whole way through. Some other things detracted me, like the party lifestyle. And the Yo, shout that. out to party lifestyles. Yeah, yeah shout out to party <laughs> lifestyles. For the turn up god. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Yo, you don't become the turn up god yeah. by going to fucking class. So, all right? so, so, so long story short, when I went to McMaster, that's when I met Dusty Loops. He was on some like, because I guess he had already been doing his thing and like arts thing on like a business level for a while. Mm-hmm. So like it was on some like <laughs> first opportunity to rap for Jay-Z type shit. Like we're on a balcony at a party and he's like, oh, you rap? I'm like, yeah, I rap. Like I got a couple of <laughs> joints. And he's like, yo, you'll spit your hottest bar, bro. And I went off for like, I don't know, like 120 bars, bro. <laughs> And this guy was blown away though. After, yeah. like after that, he was convinced. Like he was like, "Oh yeah, this guy's sick. This guy's sick. Yeah. This guy's sick." And like, but we were genuinely friends though. Like mm-hmm. we used to, we used, we used to talk about everything. We like had a lot of the same taste in music, had a lot of the same views on like art and like the whole thing. Um. So yeah, we genuinely became friends. And he's like, "Yo, I I, I work with these guys like that have recording studios. I do this like visual arts thing on the side." And I do a whole bunch of other stuff that's like art related. Like I produce. Yeah. Here's beats. So that's where Waffles and Beats got started. Yeah, shout out to Waffles yeah. and Beats, man. That so. that is ultimately where I I feel like all of us kind of run into each other, yeah. right? Like I remember yeah. that's when I first saw you, and I'm like, yo, who is this guy? You know, like what was that like? Like how does 
wh- like where does that idea I, even stem from? I, I think I, I remember the first time I saw noise was at the um, it was a SAA yeah show, and I think there was a couple other performers on it. Um, I think that was with uh, with Humble, Signalage, and those guys. Seti was on it. I yeah. think Selena did like a like one or two songs. And that was the first time I saw you. Yeah. And I became aware of you at the same show. Yeah, yeah. So, like, for everyone that is listening, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about being magic noise. But, um, yeah, that's, that's like, when I became aware of, like, like the hip-hop scene that was, like, yeah, the subculture of hip-hop. Subculture, Even right? coming in Punjabi. Yeah. Right? And so, for me, that was, like, a mindfuck because I'm like, yo, all my friends are Punjabi, right? Yeah. So, I'm like, oh, shit, there's, like, a hip-hop culture bubbling there. And I'm working with Dusty yeah. at this time. So, like, wow, this is, like... This is like a match made in heaven. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm back. I'm back home. Ironically, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, we just started making songs. We just kept on making songs. I made a whole bunch of songs on his beats. We made a like a, a five song um, like EP. And yeah, I like, remember, I remember finding that EP on MySpace. Even yeah. before meeting you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to MySpace. MySpace. Heavy on MySpace. Because yeah. again, the same brother that started Onslaught, the tech guy, yeah. he, my MySpace page was so lit. Yeah. It was so lit. It brings your smiles when popping, I think about man. it. Man. I miss them days. <laughs> good, good days. Good days, man. Um, but yeah, so that mixtape did, we were selling it too. We were giving it away as well promotionally. And What was that called? The Spooks Invasion. Okay. Yeah, the Spooks Invasion Sampler. The Spooks Invasion Sampler. I think it was like five songs. Yeah. So you, you were just giving them a you sample. You mentioned the Prisoners. The prisoner, yeah, that, that was, was on there. That was my jam on that. Prisoner, um, Constant Craving, uh, Stay Out of My Face, and a couple other songs. I don't I don't, I don't remember the names yeah. of them now. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was like... And again, at this time, I'm in school trying to study, trying to make it to class. But like... I'm also becoming the turn up god at the same time. <laughs> and I'm realizing like, yo, I know how to do this party shit really well. Uh, like everybody I'm living with is like down for that party lifestyle and we're throwing um, some of the illest parties on campus. Just to kind of get into your mind state at that yeah. time. Yeah, like at least for me, I was creating content and putting it out. And yeah, the the p- hearing that people found it dope, it was it was kind of like a verification, right? Yeah. But I never put it into my head that, yo, this is what I'm going to be a rapper for oh, the rest yeah. of that shit came way later. Like right. in my head, like, yo, let's, let's, this is like, once I was solid in the game, that's when I'm like, okay, let's tackle this. Yeah. At that time, were you just still doing it for fun, even though you're making strides? Still doing it for fun. Like, no idea, no, like, the buck, let me buckle down and make this my job. It's yeah. just, yo, I'm just doing this because this is something that I want to do. Yeah, people like people like what I'm doing. That was just a I bonus. I like that feeling, and it's a bonus, yeah. and it's fun for me to do, and I'm here for something else. But yeah, at that, at that time, I'm still just doing this for fun, fingers crossed like maybe something will get found and like yeah. it'll pull me out of whatever situation i'm of in course. but i'm not in my mind i'm not like yeah i gotta be the illest rapper like ever yeah you know so like exactly like you're saying like it's still it's still like a side a side thing you know what i mean yeah so i don't really think it was until like so this is when things started changing like my last i got i got was partying too much 
got put on a, a academic probation for the first time. Yo, shout out to academic Yo, probation. Yo, academic probation. <laughs> shout out to academic probation. You saved the nigga like once. You, you know you yeah. on that too. <laughs> Thanks for Yo, holding me Yo, noise has been on academic probation. Yeah. Yo, shout fact. out to academic Yo. probation, man. You give Yo. us a second chance. You know? Mac, don't make us run up in your offices and, you know. So yeah, I'm my politely grades. ask you what, what why that happened. <laughs> yeah, my my grade this shit because I'm not skipping classes. I'm I'm picking weeks to skip. You know what I mean? Yeah, I you're like, like yo, I'm the like, turn why, up why God's got to make his appearances yeah. this week. And mind you, at some of the classes, I'm still doing better than like half of the the kids that are in the class. So like, I'm like, all right, well, I don't have to. But then, like, obviously, that comes to an end at some point. So, academic probation for the second time now. And, Jeez. like, my first letter was, like, yo, I'm going to change my life, man. And I'm going to do everything. And I'm going to change yeah. everything. And then, like, the, I, I, I got, it still went through. But my last year, I think what happened with me was I just realized that whether I get this degree or whether I don't get this degree, what I do in my life is not really going to change much because a lot of people that I knew were graduating and they were having a hard time finding shit nah. in their field. And there are opportunities for me to get like regular labor jobs aside of that that would be making more without it. Yeah. So at, at this time, it's still kind of immature. But my last year of university, and this is also where like Scotty IV or like Scott Free or whatever kind of became a little bit different because... My experiences started to change at this point. So not to paint my my one of my older brothers like in any type of way because he's a completely different individual now. Yeah. But at that time, he was living in Hamilton, McMaster's in Hamilton. He was yeah. trapping. Okay. And he was he was getting getting bread, like yeah. trapping and doing everything that comes with trapping. My last year of university, I didn't really have anywhere to live because I was the only one still left there because the academic probation, I was a year after everybody else. So I decided, all right, well, we'll live together. Okay. So my last year of university part-time, I'm living in a trap. Jeez. Wow. And Hamilton's no joke, too. Hamilton no, is not no, a joke. No, for, for those people <clears throat> who may not know, um, Hamilton not considered greater Toronto area, but like <laughs> just further out. A lot of people go there for university. A lot of Brampton kids, a lot of kids from the greater yep. Toronto area goes there for university. A heavily drug infested fucking city. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you go into certain parts <clears throat> of that downtown and it's like walking dead up in that bitch. hundred percent. So and I saw all of it, all of it yeah. because half of it is, is living in the trap. My student house yeah. became a trap when I went on a trip to Ghana because of other dudes that I knew in Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. So I that living with my brother was an escape from that into another trap. From that trap to living in a motel where it's a double room and in one room it's me and my brother and in the other room it's somebody who's working. Yeah. If if anybody knows what that means. Yeah, yeah. So I'm learning this and I'm learning that side of things which at the time are, are like kind of like intriguing to me because this is way it's different. still in the innocence part of it right because yeah. you're like this is a lifestyle that you may not have known but now as a young impressionable person to see money being handed out for a student especially yeah. to see anybody with money as a yeah. student that is like whoa yep, 100%. whoa like yo that is the biggest thing on campus yep. is anybody who has money yep right so like and, and and imagine from my brother's perspective, it's 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 okay, cool. My my little bro 
is in a situation where he doesn't really know what to do and he has no place to really go because he's not financially yeah. all there. I'll do what I can to just house him. Yeah, make sure at least if he's make under sure my he's wing. A, yeah, he's, a, he's under my wing. He's got a place to be, a yeah. place to stay. But in my mind, I'm seeing what's happening yeah. and I'm like. It's rubbing off on you. It's rubbing off. So long story short, I get involved a little yeah. bit. A little bit. Yeah, get yeah. involved a little, little bit. little piece. Enough for me to be able to tell these stories from a first person point of view. Can't go into too much detail, but yeah, get involved and start seeing there's, okay, there's another side to life. Yeah. You know what I mean? To the side that my parents had ironed out for me when they came to this country, the rest of that stuff. That's where, like, my project now, Substance and Abuse, this is the abuse side of my influences, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm living that life i i just drop out because i'm like yo you know like this is not happening like whether it happens or whether or not i can make money different ways drop out <coughs> live on my own for about a year then i come back home still with that mindset making my own money for a little bit and then i just kind of realized it's not really for me i could do it but it's not really for me so i just work regular jobs at this time but i'm yeah. still rapping on the yeah, side yeah. I'm still rapping for this. I never rapped about any of that because it wasn't about that. You know? No, yeah. Um, for you, you're rapping way before ever having to get into this type of lifestyle. So that that was never the person you were. Mm -hmm. Did you, once you started maybe seeing things like that, did that ever rub off on your writing? A, a little bit. But for me, it was, I don't know why, like... And this is at, like, at a time when, like, it would have been cool, like, for me to start, like, yeah. going on about that. But I think I just have, like, so much, like, respect for the sacrifice my parents made that I was like, if I'm going to if I'm gonna do this, I'm going to keep it to myself. You know what I mean? I'm going to yeah. keep it to myself. You didn't want to let that define you. Yeah. I didn't want... It wasn't something to... It's not something to glorify. Like, yeah. it's something to literally survive off of. You know what I no, mean? No, yeah. It, it wasn't yeah. that for you. It wasn't yeah. an image. Yeah. It wasn't about that. Yeah. It was literally about... Survival. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, the, my music stayed separate from that. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas now that I'm not involved in anything like that anymore, I can talk you about can talk, it. You can talk? No. Definitely. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's where, like things started this like changing for me and just nah. getting like all mixed up or whatever but like long story short it became a blessing because like that's when like i realized all right cool like i could either like continue down this path or i could and mind you my brother just had a spiritual awakening nah. during the end of this time mm -hmm. so like now it's just me you know <laughs> on my own so like it's like i could either continue down this path or i could like just work and live a menial life and just be like regular and just accept whatever comes to me in life or I could really chase this shit that I've always been good at. I've always known I could do. I know that if I show my parents how good I am at this, this side of things and not the other things I was doing, they'll be able to support that more than anything else mm -hmm. because I've always had a good, honest relationship with them and they knew that I wasn't in school anymore. They knew all that shit. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me move downtown. I'm moving downtown and I'm I'm chasing this rap shit, no matter what. And and, 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 and ahead, no, Tremaine Tremaine is downtown already yeah. at this time. Yeah. And Jay, who has always been around for the whole thing, the whole high school print hundred CDs, sell sell the CDs, who was always there for every 
studio are we session? talking about Jay Parks? Jay Parks. Yo, shout out to Jay Parks. Shout out to Jay too, Parks. Unsung, unsung hero, man. Yo, yeah, man. I can't, I can't wait till we have a Jay Parks. Like, we ultimately, we want to stay out late episode. And yeah. I feel like we should do that after we interview everybody from Stay Out Late. Because, yeah, yo, yeah. there's so many dope characters. And Jay Parks is one that I Thank truly you, love from your crew, Thank man. You, man. That's Thank a good you. dude, man. Thank you, man. No, for real. 100%. Because he was always there during the sessions and everything. And he even tried rapping like, like a couple it. times. He's got two. He's got two songs. And honestly, those verses, those sixteens are fire. They're man. fire, eh? Those sixteens are fire. Yeah, the J Park verse on "It's on Me." Woo! That's, that's, money. Yeah. Money. money. <laughs> he was good. He was good. Yeah, we he might just, have to bust him out of retirement. I, 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 I've, yeah. I've always been pushing that. Like, yeah, you, you gonna get on this one or not? Uh, you get on this one? But um, he was always there. And I think when I was away in Hamilton him and trey built a closer relationship and he was around trey for when trey was making music and doing those sorts of things outside of waffles and beats because waffles and beats was just me yeah that when i came back and it was like oh, okay scotty or, or uh kojo spooks is back like we just kind of meshed again yeah you know what i mean and like at that time it was like we were all just kind of searching for something to be like yo what do we all do like with our lives and he was like the guy that was like yeah i've been around for this whole thing and i have i have visions for like like something that's creatively dope and something that people will love and something that people people will gravitate toward but i don't know what i do myself because i don't feel that confident as a performer or whatever whatever and i had the pep talk with him like yo whatever it is you just gotta pick it and chase it man like be my manager like just manage the whole thing mm-hmm. you've been here for the whole thing we think the same you know what i like as an artist you know all my influences because yours are the same let's just try it out yeah it gets you exactly trey had already moved downtown because he had decided to pursue this so a housing arrangement just kind of came to light by like i don't know by chance by the universe saying yeah you guys are right yeah. and yeah we found a condo to live in at young in college and we all just went and that's where stay la was born and we we just started really chasing this from then on so that's about like three four years ago so, so like it seems like you know getting caught up in the, the street stuff for a while actually ended up being a, a huge turning point for your life yeah 100 percent because it just like it just outlined for me it outlined every possibility I could take my life. Like the, nah. it was literally a fork in the road, but like four forks, and I could see them all. You know, so like it, there was no unknowns. It was I could do this, 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 or this because my experiences are this vast now, and you, nobody's gonna be able to have these experiences that I've had with the upbringing that I had and be able to tell the story in my way. I know for a fact. You know what it is? It's like, yeah, you got lost in that way. But end of the days, you thought about your mother, your father. You thought about your upbringing. You you realize, yo, this isn't what I'm about. Yeah, we've yeah. all watched gangster movies growing up. Yeah. Yo, every fucking gangster that we idolize ends up fucked up. Yeah, 100%. so it's like you know, it's like once you're old enough to realize that that lifestyle ain't fucking worth yeah, shit. Yeah, it's not designed to be forever. That's the thing. Like, it's just... It's and any, inter- any cool. really intellectual person will will figure that out and be like, nah, this ain't a forever thing. 100%. And it would have been easy to make it a, like, as long as it lasts type thing. But again, like, you have to... Like you said, any intellectual person, you'll realize. So then you gotta, like, pack up and be like, all right, cool, let me re-strategize. And that's... That was like 
when I realized the only way for me to be 100% happy for the rest of my life is to chase this. Because if I don't chase this, I'm going to do something else and I'm not going to be happy because I'm going to wonder what if. So let's go. Can you kind of walk us through the, I guess, the philosophy behind the name Stay Out Late? So um, we all decided to make the move downtown. At this time, we don't have the name. So my kind of like going away party for leaving for Brampton was actually like a house party. Okay. Was this it an was end a kegger section? in the end section. Okay. And I had recorded a song called Stay Out Late. Okay. At this time, just about yeah, party. Yeah. Because like I just felt like making a song like that at that time, produced it myself, whatever. Um Mad people show up to this house party on some Project X shit. So my my parents were gone to Ghana, um, <laughs> which is how the house became available, obviously, which is how these ha- these parties happen. That's how but all my house parties happen. Exactly. So we had the basement black light spray painted by my boy Dexter. Shout out to Dexter. Yo, shout black out Dex. light spray painted so that you could only see it with neon lights. We had neon <laughs> lights down there. We had a speaker <laughs> system down there. So that was like Jeez. the EDM room, main floor. Another speaker system. So that was like the hip hop route. Yeah. Everywhere on the main floor. Backyard was where the two kegs were. We only had two. Didn't turn out to be enough. But that's where the, the two kegs were and the uh, fucking bubble pool was in the backyard. Bubble pool. Yeah. What a, you Just like like in music videos, like girls were fighting each other in the bubble pool yeah, at all say, times was, like it was unreal, unreal i was at this party and i was like yo i'm not live enough to be here right <laughs> <laughs> you were at that party I was there. yo see i remember the party i remember yeah. the setup anytime i tell the story i tell people the setup because i don't remember shit yeah. like about the actual party i don't remember yeah i want to know noise version of yeah. this yeah. party you, yeah you, you know, tell uh, me what the that fuck? is what gonna happened? be the most sober version of this party yeah so i walk up and the guy's like all right yo cover I'm like, okay. Those are the primo fucking Brampton party. Yeah. So I, I had a 20 on me, right? I think the cover was 10. Yeah. So I give him the 20. The guy just kept the 20. Kept I'm it. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's the kind of doorman I want. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. All yeah, right, yeah. fine. I guess I, I guess I gotta do it, right? So then I walk in and then Scotty, I see you, and then you're like, yo, do you pay cover? I'm like, yeah. He's like, nah. So you go up to the to the, <laughs> <laughs> and I got my money back, man. Like, Thank you for that. Yeah, that's a real dude right there. Good yeah. call, good call, Scotty. I'm glad <laughs> you did that. <laughs> so I'm like walking through this house, and yeah, like you said, this is wild. Like I've never seen anything like this yeah. at a house party or any type of party, to be honest. <laughs> I'm in the backyard, like bubble pools popping off, like like kiddie pools full of bubble and like girls are laying in the bubble <laughs> yeah so did you get in the like bubble pool no, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like chilling with the dudes from uh black lady soul okay shout out black lady yeah. soul and this is like before i even really knew tremaine tr- too well so i'm just like okay I, I can say what up to him but i can't really like hang with him <laughs> so i like played the wall for a bit then i'm like yo peace out scotty i got just came to say what up but <laughs> Yo, I'm not cool enough to be here right now. So. You were there long enough to tell that story yeah. for the for the immigrant hustle, man. That's, that's but yo, did you catch out bubble on the way? <laughs> did you catch out bubbleizer in the not? bubble pool? Like. Yo, inadvertently, it might have happened. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah that was like the send-off and at this time we're not realizing that that's what it is yeah but that was like the send-off like from brampton to like downtown for the squad and the song stay out late kind of sparked the idea because we were looking for a name to call the squad and I just had the idea. I think it was me and Jay sitting in the basement one time and we were listening to the song and I was just like, yo, what about that as a squad name? And he's like, yep, that's the name for the squad. Like, he was like, yeah. I remember first time I heard that you, like, obviously I knew you way before Stay Out Late, but like, when you guys came out of Stay Out Late, I'm like, that's a fucking dope name, right? It's like, it it has that vibe like a party next door, right? Like, I don't mean to put you guys... You know, like, but like, it has that same vibe. It's something about it that's not not like in the sense of a name, but yeah. like, you get the vibe off of it. You 100%. get the vibe off of the name, right? Hundred percent. And and we were like, yeah, that. It, it, once it was suggested, it was like it was already done. Yeah, like it was like, yeah, come on, we can't we can't call it anything else. And there was like a series of like events between like the making of the song, the house party. And then, like, the video shoot for Stay Out Late that just involved so many people that were, like, down, like, for the movement, the whole thing that kind of just made it the collective and kind of solidified it as, like, this is what it is. So, we, after that, we started making the shirts and, like, the rest of that. The girls had, were ladies, like, Stay Out Late ladies. Yeah. They had the shirts called, like, Ladies in the Street. Like it You was guys the, went heavy with the oh, branding. Man, we went heavy with the branding and we just kind of, like, sat down and we're like, wow, this can actually be a, a, a real thing. And, like, what do we want it to represent? we had that conversation but like we were all on the same page when we had that conversation and like my main input was just like <clears throat> stay out late is cool and it sounds amazing but it has to be like something that when people think about it in in positive terms they know it like it's 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 it keeps driving them to succeed you know what i mean yeah. and what i always say is like stay out late it means more than just party more than just be out past your bedtime it means don't give up. Don't give up on, on that thing you yeah. know, you've you known you could chase. You know what I mean? Stay out late until you get what it is you set just, out to get. Just to kind of play yeah. off that. Like, we have this shit all the time. Like yeah. The boys are like, yo, we're fucking last to perform. Yeah. This is an event that we might not be naturally getting. Like, yeah, okay, it might be a higher gig. Fucking... Yeah, people might. It's a weekday, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. People Random might leave shit. at 10 p.m. and we got yeah. the midnight slot. Yep. But fuck it. Yo, we got to do it do for it. the cause. And do yo, it. in that sense, you got to stay out late yeah, do to it. fucking make it happen. Exactly. And it, it's relatable because everybody has that experience of like, I can call it quits now and I can go home or whatever and get a good sleep for tomorrow. But like at the end of the day, tomorrow is going to be the same tomorrow. Yeah. Regardless of when you call it quits so stay out late man see what opportunities the universe and life has to give to you today because tomorrow is not promised you know no and and that's that's genuinely and like realistically the the motive that we all operate by yo that's that's something that i didn't even know and it makes me appreciate that name even 10 times more now Mm -hmm. and it's it's so truthful because yo that's what it takes if you're really passionate about something, yeah. you got to do what it takes. It might be uncomfortable, <clears throat> but yo, motherfucker, yeah. if you really love this shit, yeah. then and, you're going to do it. And you might not get it when you thought you would get it, but <clears throat> stay out. 
Stay out late. Stay, yo, stay out late, motherfuckers. So for those who have never been to a stay out late show, you guys are missing out on life. Because in my opinion, <laughs> Scotty and Tremaine on a stage is next level. It's, it's mind-blowing energy. Songs are catchy. And it's just, yeah, the energy is infectious. Mosh pits literally every time you guys are on stage. I feel like punching somebody every, yeah, every yeah. time these guys are on stage. And, yeah. yo, I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again, man. I feel like you two guys are the best live performers out of anybody from the Toronto GTA scene that's doing it right now. No, yo, that, that's not a fucking hot take. Like, that's yeah. something that I, I will stand behind, too. It's like, I've seen you guys in front of nobody, and I've seen you in front of a crowd that you deserve. Right. And it's it's the same. Like it's the same fucking thing both ways. And that's mm. like what a lot of artists don't get. Mm. Like, yo, to get like that doesn't come you did that shit when nobody was there. So now that people are there, it's effortlessly. Yeah. Can you get yeah, into yeah. that? Thank you, yeah, thank like, you, thank you. Like how did you and Tremaine build your <laughs> on stage chemistry? Was it already there because of the friendship or was it something you had to work on? I think it's um Something that in the beginning did come a little bit naturally just by nature of us both being like very like, I guess, physically ex expressive people. Like I liked dancing. I used to dance a lot. Like when my sisters were listening to that dance hall music way back when they used to put me in dance competitions and I'll do the, the, illest, the, ne the newest dance hall move or whatever. And they all liked it, blah, blah, blah. But like Tremaine. So also, you were watching the Sean Paul video. Yeah. And, and, I, and yeah, I'm doing the dance. Elephant Man, I'm doing the dance. I'm doing the dance. Bogle, I'm doing the dance. Like I'm doing all those dances. I'm learning them up. up. Exactly. 100%. 100%. And in the club, I'm that guy okay, that's so doing the, the latest dance move. So like just being like kinetically expressive and Tremaine being the same, being Jamaican himself. Yeah. I think that kind of led to performance chemistry. We just both realized we could both be very expressive on stage. And I think because of that, we decided, okay, we got to take it to the next level and work off of each other because now we know we got two people, not one, but two people in the squad that like are very kind of good at this performance thing. But um, it definitely was a lot of work. And like I'm a, I'm a big reader, so like I read um, Outliers, a book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And he talks about how the Beatles became the best band. And it wasn't just that they were like out the gate, like they were the illest band, but they used to tour like pubs all around Europe because they were like the 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 pub band or whatever. But in that process, they reached their ten thousand hours or whatever of performing live. Yeah. A lot before they became the Beatles. So when people knew them as the Beatles after, these guys are already sitting on 10,000 hours of practice together. So their performances were like perfect in people's eyes. So me and Tremaine coming at it with that normal, I guess, that, that natural ability. And mind you, I was performing the first performances for, for Stay Out Later, even Waffles and Beats, were with Black Lady Soul. Shout out to Black Lady Soul. Yeah. But we were doing uh, venues before moving downtown at different places um, in downtown with a live band, which already most hip-hop performers weren't doing. So we were already attacking it from a different angle than most hip-hop acts. But that's where like I, I feel like I kind of learned how to perform 
And like honestly, like to anybody who's thinking about being a performer, like I, I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. Like I watched like my favorite performers. I watched DMX performance performances. I watched like just people that I thought were very high energy, and I try to dissect like what was it that made their performances special, and like what different small detailed things did they do that made me say whoa. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, if anyone who's watched a concert can say like you've had those moments where in your head you were like, whoa, that was dope. So if I added up those whoa moments from all the people that I liked and try to work them into my own persona or personality, because being genuine is really big when you're performing. If people can tell that that's you doing that, it doesn't come off as like rehearsed. You know what I mean? So like working that into my performance was a big deal. But um. We became really good, I think, by just, again, like the Beatles, by repetition. So we started Stay Out Late, gave Stay Out Late its name. We were downtown, and the main reason for being downtown is because the venues were there that we didn't have in Brampton to showcase the music we were doing. If we just wanted to release music online, we could have done that easily from Brampton. But we wanted to touch the people, shake the hands of the venues, get to know the promoters, get to know the scene on scene you know what i mean Mm. so we literally said yes to every single show we could say yes to we literally reached out to every single show that was happening that was open to having new people perform and in the year of 2014 there's 52 weeks in a year we probably did 52 shows wow and i have the flyers to prove it for every single one that our name was on (laughs) not to mention the ones that there was no flyer for so we really definitely solidified that chemistry and that performance ability by doing that many shows because whatever hiccups or like whatever things that weren't perfect, we were able to iron them out between those 50 shows. And like you said, like every show we did the same, like as if there were a hundred people, 300 people or 10 people, we performed it a, because we knew we had to get good at it. B because it was fun. And it is fun. So, like, yeah. when I perform, my main thing is I, I, I want to look like I'm just enjoying myself. So, what's the best way to do that is let me enjoy myself. My approach to making music was let me make songs. I will enjoy myself performing on stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as an artist, you still end up being selfish. Yeah. You got to like your own. Yo, every, every performer, every rapper, once you finish at the studio once you finish that studio session can't tell me you don't play that song a hundred <laughs> times a yeah, hundred yeah. times to yourself and yeah. be like yo that shit is i fire. do that to like, the point by the time the song comes out i fucking yeah hate song. you're like i hate this song because <laughs> you already played it for yourself like a thousand yeah. times but that's the that's the that's the why we do it because yeah. we're making good music that we want to enjoy yo, you know as I mean? an artist you have to have an ego in that yeah. sense you yeah. want to have to like you have to fall in love with your own voice if you don't want to hear the same song that you just recorded like a hundred times you need to scrap it you have to scrap it it. yeah you end up like you end up being your toughest critic yeah and sometimes that works against you like have like me and noise we always talk about this right like i always thought i was in my own being like yo i'm being way too fucking critical on myself now in this stage of my career Compared to in my early days where I thought I was the fucking hottest. I thought I was Lil I thought I was mixtape Wheezy at one point. I thought yo, I thought I was untouchable. Like every verse 
Whatever the fuck I wrote never changed the line. Nothing. Mm. Uh, even if the line was too long, I'd make it fit. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's still yeah. the hardest yeah, line yeah, ever. Yeah. But then I became the most critical motherfucker ever. And even shit, like, yo, I'd be like, this ain't shit. Then I'd play it for like two, three people, and they're like, this is fucking amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's like, you forget. It's like, you're so, you you put yourself amongst peers, right. and then you think, you, you start doing shit like that. Right, right, Then right. you start putting yourself amongst people that are your idols. Right. Right? And you, right. You're, it becomes competitive nature that might not even be for the... When you're first doing it, it's inspiration. Right, then right, it becomes, right. yo, I got to be better than this person. Because now it becomes an ego thing, right? Mm -hmm. And at least for me, it might not be for everybody, yeah. right? And then slowly you, you realize that, yo, all this shit is taking me away from why I love hip hop. Mm. Which is, yo, this shit used to challenge me into writing some shit and coming out of... For me, I wasn't, I was like, like you said, I wasn't the most fucking popular kid my whole life. Yeah. I was at certain points in my life. And then, like, later on in years, I found my confidence. My confidence was found after 18. The Toronto scene, even though it's starting to get more recognition now globally, it's still really not that big. And it's really easy to, to get in touch with festival promoters and managers behind big name artists. <clears throat> um, so after a while, like, Doing so many shows, do you start to essentially cap out? Like, do you start to hit that ceiling? A hundred percent. You do. Um, and then that's when we started kind of reaching abroad. So that's where you see, like, the BXC Entertainment. That's, like, mm -hmm. doing all the events with us. That's, like, our, our, our go-tos in New York Yeah. that we're trying to build the bridge with so that we get people from Toronto to perform on their shows. Yeah vice versa they know the people in new york so every time we go there we're good to get on whatever stages we want to get on there as far as the live aspect goes so mm. that's and that's that's the, that's the thing with toronto in general is population wise compared to like cultural hotbeds like new york and la mm -hmm. we have a way 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 smaller population so you can't bang with you can't bang with those populations. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's definitely going to be a ceiling, especially if you're doing 52 shows a year. You're going to have seen basically everybody you can see. Yeah. But as musicians, our goal is to be popular worldwide, to have our music heard worldwide. You know what I mean? Toronto is just the start to be like, okay, this is where we come from. These are the people that are going to relate immediately to the music that we make and the sound that we have and we're going to use these people to catapult us further mm. you know what i mean and then turn put them on you no, know what i mean and that was something that we had to go through as well is like we were fortunate to have relationships where we could go and do shows outside of the gta which was yeah. all that we knew right we started to get in the bcs the fucking even the uh, places in the <clears throat> United States hitting us up. And then you realize, yo, for a lot of Toronto artists, now that the, the that the eyes are on us, it's all good. But at yeah. that time, it felt like you almost had to get away from Toronto to become big in Toronto. Oh, yeah, 100%. And you, you only have examples of like people who have left 
to do it. So like Tory Lanez yeah. left and would spend his time in like Miami yeah. and then came back and then yeah, Drake, like same he had thing. to go, he to got signed by Sean Kingston. Like, and that was a kid that was at Fletcher's, which ain't too yep. far away yeah, from us. hundred percent. Right? And like, we heard about him growing up. He did the shenanigans of like offering fucking 10 G's to Drake to listen to his album. <laughs> tell him it's whack. Like we all saw that growing up and that, yeah. like, it was cool to see that. Yeah, right. Yeah, this yeah. is like early. We, we, internet we all know stages. those stories. Yeah. yeah. Like, yo, we, we grew Grew up seeing that shit, right? But then you see him go to fucking Miami and get put on by Sean Kingston, and it's yeah. like it became that thing. Cardinal went, got put like Cardinal made his fucking name in Toronto, but like globally he became something once he put his name attached to Akon. Yep, hundred percent. Right, so yeah. that was the formula. Yeah. This is pre Drake days for. For those that may be yelling at uh, yelling at their headphones right now, <laughs> saying, yo, what the fuck? Like, Drake, like, but, but yo, th it, this place wasn't a hub at that point. It's true, though. And, like, even now, still, like, you can you can focus your efforts on Toronto only and you can get to a B-plus level, like, celebrity. You know yeah. what I mean? Just because, like, we don't have all that. You might get, like, Lyme Bypass to Lux. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get Lyme like Bypass to <laughs> Damn. Damn. Lion bypass Alexis. Woo. Shout out to Lux. Shout out to Luxies. Bro. Shout out to Luxies. Shout out to Luxies. Because, yeah, if you went in line at Luxies, then we got to look at you a little bit yeah. different. Yeah, you got to um, chill. But, yeah, man, like, it's we're, we're not there yet. We're growing and we're going to get to that. I know for a fact we're going to get to that level, yeah. but we're, we're actually not there yet. No, even now. Mm. Like, I don't, like, yeah, more eyes are on us, but. Yeah, Yo, more, I'd more love, honest, I sure. would love to uh, for Toronto to get unified like the South kind of did, so we can all put each other on, right? Keep on, keep on plugging each other, but it's, it's still, it's you know, what it is slowly getting there, but not yet. We're, we're getting there, but it's because we're young still. You got to remember, yeah. like in Atlanta, in New York, in LA, these cultures have been developing oh, for yeah, definitely, years definitely. and years and You're years right. and years so for toronto we just got on so it's still crabs in a barrel because everyone feels like yo i want to be one of the first to do it yeah, this yeah, way yeah. i want to be first i want to be one of the first i want to be so it's still competition between us it's not like we've had years of lineage where everybody's been popular right. where it's like yo there's nothing new happening like yo let's keep on putting on for the city in general which is which is the mindset that will start to 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 change the rate at which we grow as a city, you know, and that's that's one of the core goals of Stay Out Late is being one of the first and see how I say that. Well, we want to be one of the first. Yeah. If there were 10 people that did it before us, that wouldn't be the goal. It would be just do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But we want to be one of the first groups to just keep on putting other people on as we get on, put other people on as we get on. If I find an artist that I think is hotter than myself that I think we could do great things with. Yo, come on. Mess with Stay LA. That's all we're here for. We're here to use for you to use our platform to build yourself and take advantage and get as big as you can get, and that will in turn help everybody else. One of the things that I really enjoy about watching you perform live is that the set is never the same. There's always two or three new tracks every time I watch you perform, mm. which is crazy to think like that you're you have that type of work ethic to be able to pump out new material and have it be such high quality uh what like what is your creative process like when you hear a beat like what's your writing process like man it's all over the place man i was i was saying before like 
I have a, a song that we performed at the last show that we did that I had to beat for for no bullshit over 12 years yeah before writing anything to it you know nah. so like i don't know sometimes man yeah. my 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 regular go-to process like if it's like i have to get this done it's obviously i just i'll just listen to the beat and put the bars to it but like other than that i'm very much a free spirit in that i i'll live life until that song comes to me and i'll and i'll write it and if I feel like I want to just sit down, like let's say I, I picked out a day and I'm like, I just want to write music this day. The go to way for me to to get the inspiration is to listen to music that I like. Mm. That's that's similar to the sound that I want to create in the sense that like not the same, but like the time period or like the energy, yeah. you know, if I want to make something that's aggressive, I'm going to go back to 03 and I'm going to listen to like Get Rich or Die Trying just to Yo. just to get that energy in me mm. and get my brain like my synapses going in 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 those roots and then whatever beat I'm writing to will naturally it will naturally come but um like that's the, that's the like my go-to way for making myself right right now you know what i mean as a job as a professional that's that's how i make the work start it's just i start by just listening like mm. and just being but like i find most of the my favorite like 16s that i've ever written they've just it's the beat has 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 like awakened something and has it's come to me yeah every creative knows this like if you if it takes you two seconds to do and you like you don't even remember like like from when you started to like when it was already done you don't really remember in between that thinking like what do i do those are usually they usually turn out to be your favorites you know do you ever rewrite all the time yeah 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 i rewrite all the time because like i um like i'm I, I don't even like i use pen and paper sometimes if i don't have any other option but like now i write 16s like on my phone and i'll like i'll write them in like sections and i'll like copy and paste and rearrange the sections and mm -hmm. shit like i'm really technical with it and i think like for me as an artist versus tremaine i'm very very technical ruler like aligned with with everything and i will edit it if i feel like i need to some if the if the energy was right and this usually happens when i'm in a studio session with more than like with a bunch of people yeah but it's not just me and the engineer those verses will stay how they are because you can't recreate that moment in time and i get demo whitest yeah like because i'm so used to hearing it the way that it was recorded the first time i don't want it to ever sound different and I liked it then, so like, cool. That's my problem. Yeah, yeah, that's your problem. You, you never want to. I change don't it. ever yeah. rewrite so, ever. Like, yeah, maybe like in rare occasions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hate rewriting. I don't like rewriting either. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like. It. I'm with you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on your side. Like, to answer, if, like, to answer your no, question, no. And the way like, you said it though, that's not really rewriting. That's yeah. that is refining. Yeah, yeah. You're fucking okay. what you're saying. Facts. I do that too. Facts. But in the sense Facts. of. To, for me to completely change my nah. 16, nah, 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 there's nah. no nah, fucking nah, nah, way. Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather start on the next track <laughs> than to me because, yo, I went with my first feeling and I went yeah, with it. Yeah. Okay, if it didn't come out to the point where I wanted to, yeah, maybe I could tweak a few lines and maybe savor it. Yeah. Uh, but... You listen to it and it never sounds... No, never like, sounds because right. that first... Uh, like, I said this because I'm like, when I heard the way you're writing, I'm like... 
I go off my gut feeling. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, that's what I was getting off what you're saying. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, you have to, like, noise is a different type of breed yeah. where he can have zero fucking. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. He might have an idea and it's just <laughs> fucking, he has the intricacies laid out. Right. Or right. it could be even a beat and then he'll even body it, like, do whatever, right? Yeah, he can yeah, do yeah. it all. He's a Terminator. 100%. Right? <laughs> but. Facts. For us, like I felt like, because I I I related to what you were saying. I'm like, yo, there's something that has to grab my soul, yeah, and then I'll body that. I could do it in ten minutes. I could do it in th- three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there has to be something that tugs at me. That's to you're do right. That, you right? know, yeah, I'm with you 100. percent Same thing. Same thing. Same That's thing. Dope. That's same dope. thing. Like you, you, and like there's so many things that like can affect it too. Like if I'm like in the, in the booth and. My vocals, I'm like, yeah, turn my vocals up like a little bit louder. Nah. Or I don't even say it because like I feel like they're all right. It might change the way it sounded in my head like mm. a little bit, but I'll deliver it and I'll be like, yeah, that was like good for that time. Yeah. That's how it sounds. Do you know what I mean? So many, it's very like, very detailed. Like the smallest thing can change everything like for the verse. Yo, I remember I, I used to hate how my rough sounded and the second we'd send it to anybody to mix... It sounded amazing. <laughs> so then I got to a point where, like, I got lazy yeah. with it. I'd be like, yo, yeah, it might sound shit to me, but don't worry. Yeah, somebody, yeah. Somebody's going to mix that yeah, shit. And it's going to make, make it sound dope, yeah. you know? And it's like, you go through all these phases. You're never really, like, you don't just fucking start music and you're a fucking prima donna. Yeah. yeah and there's yeah. not necessary. it's not necessarily bad being a prima donna. There's certain people who know who know exactly what the fuck their vision is. Yeah. And your producer might not know that and your engineer might and, not and know that. And the only way to get that out is to nitpick it every yeah. single little yo, thing. Motherfu- yeah. Like, yo, until we like our homeboy Jay Static, JJ, who he comes up a lot in this podcast, but he's one of our dudes that like, yo, he actually understands. he engineers a lot of music, right? Right. He was the first guy that made us realize, yeah, I always like, yo. Whether it was a laptop mic, whatever, I'm like, good. Let's throw it out there. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never a sound Nazi, but he was a sound Nazi, and that's what kind of made me and Noise slowly become sound Nazis. Right, right. Did that ever come into your life where you're like, yo, you're overthinking shit? See, this is the thing with me, though, is like, I'm so not. That's that's like the common theme with every part of my life is just that I'm halfway this, halfway that. So like there will be the odd studio session where I don't care. Like I don't care because I, I was feeling this way at this time. Uh. But I'm also the guy who researched the like sound engineering and have done like recordings for myself and I know how to work a compressor and I know like the sound volumes going into the thing. So I'm so particular about a certain song you know what i mean yeah. it's so it's weird and to be honest with you i haven't figured it out myself every song experience is a different experience if the idea came to me and it came to me and in in, in my head like it sounds this way particularly i won't rest until that's how it comes out if i'm in a studio session with like you two yeah and the beats playing now we're open to like create like we're open to like other energies coming in so i don't even know like i don't even know going into it unless i already had the sound for it what i want out of it 
You know uh, what I mean? Uh, but those ones that come to me in my dreams, I wake up and I'm like, that's the song. But yeah, There's you're no way emotionally invested exactly. in that. I'm already, idea. I've, I've already heard the song in my head. So uh, there's no way I'm going to leave the studio without it sounding, sounding like that. Sounding like that. Yeah. But if we, if we came together and we created it as, as we were together, you're willing to listen to ideas. Now, yeah, that's But the, if now, your idea is solidified to something, it's hard to break out. Yeah, of that. exactly. 100%. If I have the idea already, sorry. For you, everyone who's in the, the <laughs> session, but like you, yeah, yeah we're gonna nah, sit there. Well, until, this is what the song's yeah, about. Yeah, we're gonna sit there until it sounds exactly like it did in my head because you know that's that's how I knew it to be a hit and uh, what made me want to record it in the first place. Right? That's why I think it's so beautiful about like sometimes recording by yourself, sometimes recording with people because like that changes everything. Like. Nah. I've had sessions where like I recorded something and people were like, yo, that line. And I didn't even think that was the hottest line in the 16. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Nine times my ratio, like nine times out of 10 is pretty good. Like I know which lines are the ones that like people are going to be like, my bad, which <laughs> people, nah, are gonna nah, be, like, people are going like, to be like, ooh, that line. But yeah. like sometimes you never know. You never know. And I think that's the other side of like being creative you, is you have to be open to the ears of everyone else, too. Because that ultimately you're making it for yourself to enjoy as like a bar. Yeah. So if it doesn't pass that bar, then it doesn't make it. But like at the end of the day, it's still for for if you want a million streams, it's for yeah. a million people that are not you. So yeah, think about that too. You know? Yeah. What what is the what is what is the next step? You've done parties, you've done releases, you've done what is the next step for stay out late as a collective? So as a collective, the goal was always to get on and put other people on, right? Yeah. So we're going to continue pushing Scotty IV, obviously, as as an artist, but continue pushing Stay Out Late as a brand. And like you mentioned, it's not just music. It's grown now to a collective where we are involved in so many different things. So we're doing fashion pop-ups. We're doing parties. So the Jungle Series happens at Parts and Labor every other month. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. a sellout. Um, the release parties for whatever whatever music we're releasing at that point in time. Uh, we've had Community 54 at Queen and Dufferin on. Yo, we were doing the finale Friday pop ups. Hennessy parties. Yeah. Mans have left their <laughs> waved out of their mind. People leave wasted at like <laughs> 9, 9, 9 p.m. Like in the afternoon, but um, the main thing has always been, and like as as we continue doing these shows, the shows get bigger and the shows get better and the yeah. crowds get bigger. So we're realizing we have a lot of potential to, to again put on people. So you'll notice every time you come to a stay out late hip hop show, there's a new artist on there that is somebody that not like a lot of other, and I don't want to call any names, but a lot of other organizations in Toronto will put on people or take money to put people on their show or just put as many people on their show as they can because politrix. each person politics yeah. is going to put is going to bring like 10 people so they want to fill it out so they just put more performers on but we have always stayed true to ourselves stay true to the quality of the show and by knowing so many groups in toronto we've been able to see who are like Ill, the illest performers who yeah. n- might not necessarily have the visibility they want let me let me cut yeah. you off for one yeah, yeah, second because yeah. I want to say something. Yeah, this is that Brampton mentality, right? Yeah, nobody gave you shit. Let me go to Toronto where shit is popping. Mm. Let's show these guys that we can do it better than them. Hundred percent, without no help, 
Let's put it on and let's build it. Even yeah. if it's 10 people the first time. Mm-hmm. And I've seen you homies do this shit, mm-hmm. right? And to see the progress that is being made, and it's not an easy fucking thing. It's not a, yeah, mm-hmm. let's just throw an event and everybody's there. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's you guys, yo, meeting everybody in your day-to-day life and being like, yo, we're doing this shit. This is what's popping. It's, it's, it's taking over your life. And seeing what you and Tremaine and, and the rest of the Stay Out Late Collective has done, it's dope to see because it's like, it, it is everything that we stand for. It's yeah. if nobody gives you a chance, figure out a fucking way to do it yourself. Facts. If you build it, they'll come. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's you don't need somebody to give you a fucking handout. Like any young yeah. kid that comes up to me like, yo, just post my song. I'm like, nah, don't, that's not the way. Nobody posted yeah. my song. Yeah. I figured out a fucking way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that, like, I don't mean to be rude. It's just, that's a life lesson in itself. Mm-hmm. That will go way greater. When you, nobody gives you shit, you are going to be out there constantly hustling to fucking get your voice out there. Yep. And this is the fruits of your labor now as stay out late this is year like we're not talking stay out late happened last week and now it's popping yeah. nah like you guys put in years of being within the 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 the, the toronto hub yeah. and only now it's really really popping off yeah and now it's popping and even on honestly speaking at the last show i went on a tirade about brampton and people didn't even realize that we were from brampton the way we came to the city and attacked the city the way we attacked downtown toronto people just thought we were toronto dudes and it wasn't until i went off on a tirade about being from (laughs) brampton that i saw a lot of people's hearts were broken they were like yo what the fuck it was crazy they were like oh everyone booed you when you i was getting booze i was getting booze at, at my own show for being from Brampton, but the entire but, crowd, like all yeah, that's the narrative but, and, nowadays. And, 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 and it, but it felt good because I I realized like yeah, checkmate, bitch. Yeah, you know you can boo, but you're standing here and you just pay ten bucks to get into my <laughs> shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? A real spin. And that's that's that Brampton mentality that you're no, talking about. And I feel that I'm, I'm real thing, proud like, of it. Yo, we all see it nowadays, right? The six buzzes, Brampton takes a L, this, that. Like, fuck yo, fuck that, that shit. Fuck all because, yo, that shit. Motherfuckers, <laughs> You guys still hype Tristan Thompson. <laughs> you still hype Director X. Yeah. You still hype all these motherfuckers who come from Brampton and you call them Toronto cats once they blow. Mm-hmm. But. Yo, if Six Buzz is telling you what's cool and what's not cool, you're not yeah. cool. It's facts. That's just what That's some is. Oshawa kid. I already yeah, believe Exactly. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. No, straight up. Facts. But, um, but yeah, man, a lot, a lot, a lot coming, a lot more exciting news coming um ultimately we just want to put on for other artists that are let that are like we were when we first started and give them a platform to be seen the same way we made ourselves get seen now that it's a lot easier for people that want to come through us and there's nothing we need from you just you're, you're helping make our show dope if we believe in you we believe in the, the the performance ability that you have we'll put you on a show and tell your people to come out we'll have a bunch of eyes for you to see you and you know you go on your own you do your thing just make sure you don't forget stay all late that's all i like that i like that um before we get up on out of here because you know what we could do this fucking for six hours probably 12 hours we could keep this going because um 
intellectually uh, as a hip-hop fan yeah. like we always have these discussions that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is just based off the times we've had in studios yeah. talking about stuff talking with creative artists it inspires me a lot and that's something that i wanted to reciprocate with the rest of the world and try to inspire kids and and the rest of us yeah before we end off um I want to get into some segments, and we have this segment that Noise always does, but I kind of want to introduce a new segment to ah. this shit. And that's kind of just just putting some some words out there and you you giving us what you prefer out of the two, right? Cool. Let's start off with a, a true Toronto man thing. Summer or winter? <laughs> because, yeah. We are the only people who get the worst of both. Yeah. Winter thing, dog. Yo. It's a winter thing, dog. As, a, as a Ghanaian to yeah. say winter. Yeah, because... This is a hot take, my G. Mans are, mans, are, mans are genetically predisposed to enjoy summertime, right? Yeah. So wintertime is what, you know, helps you sharpen the sword. If you meet a thing during wintertime, okay, imagine get, how dime she's going to be I during the I get where you're going. So you're a cuddle season type of man. Exactly, bro. <laughs> exactly. It's cuffing, cuffing season, Cuffing bro. season. Wintertime is where you hone your skills so that the All summertime right. is easy. Ladies, you so you know what to do. Cold, After right. November, holler at my dude. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go jerk chicken or goat roti. Jerk chicken's gotta be jerk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for jerk chicken, man. Jerk chicken just Yo, jerk chicken all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerk chicken just just hits a spot sometimes, man. When I've when I've been feeling low. When oh, I've uh, been. Okay. <laughs> Let's go with lyrics or flow. Lyrics. All day? Mm. You know what? honestly lyrics because honestly if you if you if you don't have if you you can have lyrics right but if the flow isn't right the lyrics won't hit yeah so if i feel the lyrics hitting the flow is definitely right already you know what i mean i like it it's, it's definitely right already because like you can listen to spoken word that's yeah. spoken word you know what i mean as spoken word but you'll just put it in the spoken word box so once it hits that beat the flow has to be right for me to feel the lyrics yeah, you know yeah. what i mean yeah, definitely, definitely lyrics. Definitely. Okay, biggie or puck? <laughs> Damn, I had to do it, man. Damn. I'm sorry. In your preference, like you know, like yeah, you don't have to fucking. We know they're both up there. All the, all my rappers are gonna hate me for this one, man. But but Pac because <laughs> Pac being giving Rudy a couple seconds to digest. Yeah, Pac. No, it makes Pac. sense. No, but a lot nah, of people man. will be backing you up in because that. Because no, as I, a I as a as a rapper as a rapper, Biggie obviously. But I just say Pac because like Pac was before ahead of his time as a revolutionary more impact. than just the music, right? Yeah. So there's obviously the social the the social impact and the cultural impact that Pac had, and I watch. Pac interviews. Oh, you know what like I mean? Like we all have. Yeah, yeah, we all watch Tupac interviews to uh, see what type of stuff was he saying, how was he thinking, you know what I mean? But you don't really have those for Biggie. I'm sure we would we would have had he lived a little bit longer, but in just in terms of greatness and what I'm trying to do with my life and what I'm trying to do with music, Pac aligns a lot more. What's your favorite genre outside hip-hop? 
That's a tough one. <laughs> I know. I just came up with that. People don't know. I listen to like a lot of like different stuff, like alternative stuff, like Feist. Like I was a big Feist fan. Feist is in, dope. Like, I'm not gonna in, lie. Like, oh, like oh nine, like 2010. Huge Feist fan. But um, I, I definitely gotta show love. Immigrant hustle. We gotta take it back home. It's all about the Afrobeats right now. Yeah, I like that. Shout out to Davido. Shout out to like Wizkid from the UK doing that that uh, same uh. Afrobeat type music. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta definitely rep for that music right now. Just, uh, just I don't want to segue from this topic, but like, just like off what you said, how is your feeling now seeing like Wizkid, like obviously Nigerian descent, somebody like Skepta showing love to yeah. Nigerian descent. Um, West Africans really being proud, like West African immigrants that are born abroad now coming back to show love to West Africa. It's How to you as a as a young impressionable mind, like obviously now you're a grown ass man, yeah. but like how does there must be a sense of pride in that? Yeah, it's I'm so proud. Yeah, I'm so proud when I when I see like it to see American it done in a non cliche way. Yeah, I see. I see American DJs just playing Afrobeat songs, like, and they're speaking like pigeon. Pigeon is like the West African equivalent of patois. Yeah, yeah. And they're playing songs, and in the songs they're speaking pigeon. I'm like, I'm hearing this shit, and I'm like, wow, that's so crazy to me. This is on the radio in the United States right now. You know, like yeah. that makes me that makes me so proud because, like I said, people used to confuse Ghana for Guyana for the longest time. <laughs> for my whole life. Now they know where Ghana is because yeah, the, a lot of just, songs just one way to connect it, and it's kind of a bullshit way to connect it. But it's just like it's just like when Jay Z did. Uh, which is beware of the boys right it was like now that we hear we're like yo fuck this song right but at the time yo i remember being like what the yo jay-z on a punjabi track like it was live like now we might look at it like a cliche thing right but at the time it meant the fucking huge. world to yeah, us. It was it, big. It's it's funny for me though too because like I feel like in the states they don't, still don't really know where that music is from. No, now. they don't. Not they yet. don't know. Like, they don't understand that. They just feel like it's from the UK or it's from like you know some random place. I but, still like, I still bet you they don't even know what culture that song's yeah, from. Like, yeah, they're just like, oh, what's that Spanish guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? That's no, but like that, like it's dope to see like whiz kids, the skeptas, the you know the Davido, yeah. I'm even seeing now, Mr. like, Easy. yo, you see, like, even in soccer, look at this France team that just won the World Cup. Yeah, very heavily African immigrants. Immi- African immigrants. Yeah. Let, yeah, let's yeah, not yeah. be real. Yeah, okay. I don't want to make that whole. Yeah, they're still French, mm-hmm. right? They're still French, right? But yo, the way I look at it, like you said at the starting of this episode, Ghanaian canadian mm-hmm. and here we don't give a fuck if you say ghana before canada yeah because as long as you say both we're all good and i'm proud to be both i can say punjabi norwegian canadian Fact. and i love all three parts of those equally right right i feel just as much of each part mm. right punjabi canadian all of us still put can- and and that's the one thing like i feel like americans hate doing that right Right for yeah. us in Canada, we take that as a pride. Right, yeah. yo, throw that, throw that in there, yeah. and yo, we don't What's even your mind, mix, man. Yeah, What's, yeah, yeah, throw your you mix from? in there because from? yo, we, yo, that's a common thing to say here. 
is where are you from? Yeah, what's your we background? We don't need, yo, yo, yeah. show pride in where you're from, yeah. but also show pride in, yo, we show pride in where, where we're at. at. Yeah. And that is a big thing. And that's, a, that's something that America should take notice in. And you can be proud of where you're from, but you can also be proud of where you're at. Yeah, just, just, just the same. It's a dope thing. Um, noise. Do you want to get into our last segment before we get up out of here? Yeah, last segment. So we like to like to close the show by giving thanks, giving gratitude. We like to go around the panel and just kind of get everybody's idea where their mind's at right now and just whatever they're grateful for. Yeah. It could be for a thing they have in their life, for a person that's in their life. Just right. anything that inspires them or is a positive influence that they want to you know, show gratitude towards that they might uh, might not necessarily have done so before in mm-hmm. person or in a public forum. Yo, let me start it off this week because I always yeah. go last. <laughs> <laughs> Some sometimes I'm serious, sometimes I'm whatever. But I want to shout out immigrants because we are the motherfucking immigrants hustle. <laughs> I've grown up being around immigrants of all cultures, <clears throat> growing up knowing about cultures without. When I didn't even think I was learning something, I was learning something based off the way you, my friends interacted with their parents, based off hearing their language in their house, this and that, to now even working on in places where I'm working with people who may be new immigrants to people who have been here for years, right? The common thing that I come back from meeting all sorts of people from all over the world is we're all here to provide for our families. We are all here to do good. There are bad seeds in all cultures of Mm -hmm. all walks of life Mm -hmm. of everywhere. Bad people are bad people. Good people are good people. But I feel like the majority of people I've met from different parts of the world are willing to learn about each other and are willing to find some type of common ground whether they can understand each other through language or whether they can understand each other through sign language. Because mm. I've been there, done that, where I couldn't even understand what the person's saying, but we're going to figure out a way that we can communicate. So in that sense, that is the greatest thing I'm thankful for and I'm grateful for because if I have an understanding of you, that is the first step of us getting along together. And my biggest thing on this earth and what I want for my kids is for this earth to be unified Mm. and for humanity to grow together without all the bullshit that it's come. And I don't mean to get, you know, too political or anything, but that's all I want. I want for my kids to grow and learn from all sorts of cultures the same way I was. And I'm grateful to be in one of the fucking greatest countries in the world, Canada, and the diversity that we have in the greater Toronto area. And I love that. To grow up with people like you, Kojo, a Ghanaian Canadian, and you are one of the many West African Canadians that I grew up with. (laughs) But, you know, it's just another reason for us to get along and to have knowledge about each other growing up. So that's my thing. Noise, you got okay, some? Shout out. Um, <clears throat> uh, his, his name came up a couple times in today's episode. I want to give a shout out to Tremaine. Hey, 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 hey. That guy's energy is one in a million, man. Definitely. Yeah. Like, just as, not even just as a creative, but just as a human being, the way that he can inspire 
the way that he can you know, just say the right words that you need to hear in the moment. Like there have been plenty of times when I was about to perform and Trey would just give me a couple of words and just like whether it was just the look that he had on his face or just the mm. energy that he was giving. Mm. Like it gives you all that you need to get up on that stage and do what Trey you do. is the energy god. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Like there's 100%. not a lot of people like Tremaine in this world. So I want to give him a shout out. Um, yeah, that guy is all energy, all, all love. If, if I may w- say one thing about Tremaine, I don't mean to impose on yeah. your, your, your thing right here, but it's good to see people who are overconfident. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. It, it like you know, sometimes we become too humble for life. Yeah. Right? And you realize the motherfuckers who get shit done are the trays of the world. Facts. Yeah. Mm. All right? Let yeah. like yo, yeah. let's be real. Mm. The trays of the world, which is the person who doesn't take no for an answer, the person who doesn't want to quiet down in a in a library yeah. or wherever yeah. they tell you to be quiet, the person who's gonna, you know, go against that. Go against the grain. Facts. Salute to those motherfuckers yeah. and salute to Trey. He's a, he's a fearless creative. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that we need. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 100,000%. With that being that. said, yo, you ready for one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Let's go. You 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 led me on the path. You guys, you guys triggered me already, man. But, but, um, but yeah, and talking about Tremaine, it just reminded me of... of a couple groups of people so the family friends and team yeah you know what i mean everybody that you're you're an icon on what your windows desktop there's an icon when you uh-uh. click on that icon it opens up into a bigger thing of a lot more moving parts so like if i'm an icon my my moving parts are tremaine irks jay parks you know my my and talking today about my influences and experiences my sisters, mm. my brothers, my mom, my dad, my stepdad, my dad. You know, thank you. Thank you for 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 my friends that I just went camping with. Thank yeah. you for everybody that contributed to the story that I told today because I realized that's really who I am. You know what I mean? And without those parts, if any one of those pieces were missing, I wouldn't be able to tell the story the way I did today. So I'm just thankful. I'm real thankful and obviously, obviously, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> thankful to be magic, thankful to noise because you guys just gave me the opportunity to realize that uh, and like how special those people were to me being me. So you guys, you guys are doing a great thing in allowing people to open up and talk about these things. And um, yeah, I I've, I've honestly haven't felt better this year about everything until I had this conversation with you guys. So really appreciate you guys and really look up to you guys as brothers like for real for real who are who are still still doing this i'm still doing this you guys are still doing this we got a generation of like kids coming up under us trying to do their thing and we're all still still in it you know still grinding so like i i I really love that And, and and you're taking a different angle on it as well to do for them you know yeah and and the, like just to go off off your thing like yo we're thankful for you as well yeah. it's like the, there's a reason why you're here being on our podcast right you have inspired us along the way along with the stay out late collective is yeah. we grew up together 
chasing a dream when there was no fucking layout of how to do this. Yeah. We were all a bunch of kids from immigrant families, from all sorts of financial backgrounds yeah. who were who didn't know what the fuck was going on. Internet came up and the possibilities became endless. Yeah. But without imagination, none of that shit would have ever came out. But the thing was, we were all hungry kids. Yeah. Right? And like you said, without all these pieces, we may not be here. Mm -hmm. But one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this is I know all these fucking stories that we have so very close to us that we've been so fortunate to have like we like to say courtside seats to people's <laughs> stories right yeah, 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 yeah and these are things that not only inspires us who are your peers but i can only imagine what the younger me would feel like if i heard these things yeah. before i ever knew them yeah so that is one fucking thing that we've always tried to do with this is I remember wanting to be a rapper without knowing how to be a rapper. I wanted to be a visual creative without knowing how to do it. Right. If our, yeah, we're living in the internet age and the information age where anybody can look up anything and God bless the life that we're living now. Yeah. yeah. We grew up in an age where that wasn't so easy, but any type of knowledge, any type of anything and having creatives in with the same ethnicity as you mm. is a thing. Cause I'm, I'm sure there wasn't a lot of Ghanaians within hip hop, let alone a lot of creative artists yeah. for you growing yeah, up. Yeah. So if we can set up the young Africans, the young Punjabis, the young Asians, the young whites, the young Spanish, the young everything of any ethnicity to be off in a better position than we were starting off, then we have done our role. Mm. And that is something that people forget. Our duty is always to pass off knowledge to the next generation to be better than us. Right. And that is something that I try to do as much as I can. And it's something that I just recently learned that I need to do. Mm. Right. We all need to figure it out at certain different points. But brother, I am proud of you. Mm. I am, I've seen your journey. You have not changed in the the person I've known from Kojo to Scotty yeah. IV. It's the same dude with the smile from ear to ear. Turn up God. Yeah, 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 getting yeah, waved yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah. The same person I've seen on stage from day one to now is having motherfucking fun doing it. And really wants to entertain the people that are out there in the crowd for him. And I, I'm really proud of you for not only becoming better in your craft, but in, in remaining the same person that you are. So, my brother, you're an inspiration to me. Noise, you're an inspiration to a lot of kids. I want to, first of all, thank you for being here. Noise, anything else to butter up our friend right here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Scotty, on the real, thank you so much for coming through. It's been... Like, we've been working with you and watching your rise for almost a decade now. And, yo, it's an honor to have you here and to learn a lot about you. Like, we've known you for, like I said, almost a decade. But yeah. I feel like we learned so much about you through so this conversation mm -hmm. just as a human being. And, yeah, just thank you for sharing those stories with us. And 
continuing to inspire us and we're we'll be right there whatever you're doing next thank you much love with that being said this has been the immigrant hustle podcast i'm your host b magic with my co-host noise hip-hop and my brother scotty iv this is the immigrant hustle okay